<laughs> that is a great way to start. Uh, yes, it is me, Wendy, in for Lou Manfredini today is House Smarts Radio here on 720 WGN. And since Lou is not here, we are not going to be doing the toll-free number. We are going to direct your calls here to the WGN studios at 312 312- And since Lou isn't here and I cannot handle things all by myself, I have some special help with me today. So welcome once again to the show, Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises in Hinsdale, Illinois. Hello again, Jim. Hey, good morning, Wendy. Good to be with you again. We had a lot of fun. I think it was like a month ago. It was, yeah, about a month ago. Yes, and uh, very fun. I'm glad we're together again, and I'm very excited to introduce a (laughs) first-timer on the show. Oh, pressure's on now. Uh, Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone over there in Westmont. Yes. Good Good morning morning, to you. All right, we'll get you set up with your headphones. This is a lot of fun. Um, I am a listener of this show. I usually, I don't know why I get up early on Saturday mornings, but I love listening to Lou Manfredini and then, of course, David Hochberg. And uh, I do, in the somewhere in the middle of that, take my dog to daycare. So hopefully my husband will get up today to get Kona to daycare on time. That's I'm, my big thing. I'm a good listener of the show also. To me, it's like Jeopardy. You know, like I'm listening <laughs> yes. to the calls coming in and I'm like, okay, how would I answer that? <laughs> I, You know what? I do too. And I mean, Lou is amazing. He really is. And people call with like the craziest things and he'll go, oh, okay, jump on one foot and right. lean to the left and that should take care right. of it. Right. But I, I feel like I'm somewhat handy. Um, not a hundred percent. But I, I do, you know, I've owned a home for 25 years. Sometimes you have to figure things out. Yeah, and you own an old home, yes. so there's always something. Yeah, an old Victorian home. Uh, I did go to the Historical Society, and of course, the owner um, was waked in the house because that's what they did wow. back in the day. Wow. Like the um, original owner? Mm, or the last I, owner? I don't, no, not the last owner. Okay. It was uh, The house was built in 1890. Wow, wow. And uh, I bet there were a couple people waked in this house. It's not as big as some of the others on the block. Yeah. Um, where there actually is a room that I'm sure is where they put the, the coffin. Yeah. Because yeah. it is yeah, just. Yeah. It's these old Victorian homes. Yeah. You'll also notice the doors are usually larger to fit yeah. a casket through. I love LaGrange. Uh, yeah. I grew, the, up, in, the, yeah, I grew up in Brookfield. I yeah. live in LaGrange. Yeah. I didn't really I, cut the apron strings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that area. I We did a job. Uh, Mike and I both did a job. Um, we did a coach house. I think I told you this before. And um, we had some issues with uh, some ComEd lines and I had to meet with ComEd out there. And, um, when I met with the lady, she said to me, she said, I don't know why you built this coach house so close to our power grid. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this house was built in the, or in the 1800s. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was grid. built before, before power lines existed. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's just, it's, it's such an interesting town just because it's so old and it's like, you can just see how, Everything got kind of modernized as things went along. You know what I mean? And they did the best they could with the way people just plopped a house right, right here and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it, yeah, I, it, it's such a historical area and it's, it's always fun as a builder because it's like, that's why they did things like that. You know what I mean? It's just things are done similarly in some cases, but some things are different. You know what I mean? 
Yes, and I learned why it was called a coach house. I'm sure you're both aware of this. So the coach house I worked in actually was a coach house. I mean, there was a, there was a, a stable in the back of the garage, so there was a place to park the coach, right. you know, and then a place for the horse, and then the second floor, of course, was where the the the, the, the driver the help would, I, would yeah. live. yeah I didn't either yeah. because I looked it up because I'm like why is it called the coach house yeah and most of them are very big and yeah. there are two levels yeah. to it and that's where uh, these people kept their stagecoach yep. and the horses <laughs> and the people who were in charge of the horses and the coach lived up there and they're huge I mean some people who have like a small yep built up uh, a small little apartment above the garage that's not a coach house these coach houses are huge yeah yeah because they needed to fit a stagecoach yeah so this one is decent size it's a two-car so now it it would be a two-car wide garage but the second story is and then the back is where the like said where the the horse would be so the stable area so above that also is part of the coach house so there was enough there's enough room up there for uh, we we basically turned it into a one bedroom apartment. Right. Although nice. they're not using it as an apartment because Lagrange does not allow that. Really? Uh, but no. But what they do use it for, which is why they uh, wanted it finished, was because they use it as an in law suite. So when the mother in law, uh, you know, or mother parents, whatever, come to visit, they have their own space, and it's awesome. I mean, they, that they, is they, nice. yeah, they can come and go as they want. They can make their own food up there. There's a washer and dryer up there. I need to I mean, be it's rich. Yeah. I, I really need to be rich. I don't know. <laughs> How that's going to happen, but maybe we can figure it out by yeah. the end of the show. Uh, it's Wendy Snyder in for Lou Manfredini today on House Smarts Radio. With me, Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone, and more coming your way. Hey, throw some phone calls our way. Um, you know, test us a little bit. 312-981-7200 is the number to call today. House Smarts Radio on 720 WGN. It's Wendy Snyder sitting in for Lou Manfredini this morning on House Smarts Radio 720 WGN. Jim Sullivan joins us, owner of Tate Enterprises, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone. All right, guys, I wanted to bring this up to you because um, inflation and the pandemic, um, are more people doing DIY stuff on their own, more people upgrading because they're going to stay in their house because the housing market is crazy and there are no houses available and interest rates are up. Is there more DIY stuff or not really? I haven't seen like more DIY kind of stuff, but I will say that, I mean, there has been like a big boom in remodeling and building new and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just think more people are spending time in their homes. And the thing is, is what was different over the past two years that, you know, you just didn't see before is that not only were people spending more time in their homes, but they needed their homes to accommodate new things. Right. So we had, yeah, yeah, we had kids that were in school at home, you know, and so they needed a quiet space to be able to study. And so, you know, some homes already had maybe a home office, you know, but then mom and dad also have to work from home. So, so 
I know it, even in our own house, we we turned our dining room at the time because we're like, well, we're certainly not hosting people. Yeah. So we turned our dining room into an extra family room, you know, that kids could use that space for studying. They could do their Zoom calls during school and all that kind of stuff. And so it just, it kind of changed, you know, how we use our spaces in our homes. And so the traditional, this is our dining room, this is our living room, you know, all that kind of stuff just kind of like, got set aside and homes became these multifunction spaces that could be used for, you know, lots of different things and not just limited to, you know, hosting a dining room, you know, formal dinner. Yeah. Right. We had um, an unfinished business and uh, unfinished business. Basement. That's the story of my life. <laughs> Uh, we had an unfinished basement, thank you, um, and we uh, fixed it up prior to the pandemic. But my husband is a podcaster and is a Star Wars fan, and uh, he's been hosting Rebel Force Radio, a Star Wars podcast, for 15 years. Oh, yeah. So when that was uh, renovated, there's a, a decent-sized studio for him. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because then the pandemic hit, and you know, as I was filling in for people on the radio, it was very convenient to just use his studio and then people in the radio business had little portable units that they were able to go sit in their closet (laughs) because they didn't want you know echoing while they were on the air or something yeah so that's you know we were ahead of the game there but yeah with the online schooling um you know if your router wasn't up to par and you had two kids in school that was something to deal with yeah for sure the other thing that was interesting too, uh, and it still continues today, is there's still a lot of people working from home. And as a remodeler, yeah. it makes it kind of interesting also because not only are you managing, you know, trying to manage subs and the dust in the house and all that kind of stuff, but literally, I mean, we'll be in someone's home and I'll be like, hey, can you maybe not do that for a right. minute? I have to take a phone call, you know? Yeah. And you're like, Turn okay. <laughs> right. I got to be honest with you, uh, two boys, 20 and 23, a dog and a husband. Uh, we have been in that house living together since the lockdown, yeah. and I can't believe one of us is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Does I, everybody work out of the home? Your husband has the podcast to your two boys. He's in home. Yeah. He works from home. I haven't worked full time in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the boys had school or jobs. Yeah. So they were, but not during the pandemic. Like yeah. two years, we all, we love each other, but we hated each other yeah. for a right. while too. We've all been so <laughs> right pent up, up you right know? Up, right. It's like, how did this house get so small right. all of a sudden? <laughs> right. Um, do we have time to take a quick phone call? Uh, Sue is calling us from El Paso. Uh, do I hit the number or? Oh, you, you, all right. I'm sorry. This is a new studio. I'm not used to it. Uh, hi, Sue. How are you? Just wonderful today, especially you took my call. You know, you were mentioning how Coach House got its name and then you mentioned Parlor and your Victorian home. It wasn't just Victorian homes. It was, if you think about all these older homes in the 1800s or 1900s, they had like a sitting room and a parlor. And the parlor was where the wakes were. And once that got out, Life Magazine had the most, this tells you how old I am, had the most interesting article on all this. And once the uh, parlor went out of the house. That's why they call them funeral parlors. Uh, uh, look at uh, this. This is a history more, lesson. Yeah. Yes. 
they called it the living room because they wanted to get it. The living room didn't really, they didn't call it the living room until after the wake went out. It was really an interesting article. And the wake was mainly to make sure they were dead. Uh, you probably knew that, too. No, but. I didn't. But, yeah, I guess, you know, you, you hear yeah. stories of people that are wheeled into the funeral home and then all of a sudden they sit right. up, which, oh, my God. There's some back then. Yeah. Whether they were in a coma or not, you know. Right. Anyway. Well, you'd anyway, think they'd check the vitals, right. you know, but maybe they didn't have proper tools back then. Um, Sue, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to look online for that Life magazine article. I Who knows? It may be it, on there. It was just fascinating, you know, how that all, because death was so much part of life back then that they just accepted it different. They posed with the dead person for PD. Yeah. Day, you know. wow. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I know. You Thank see all you. The- you have a... Well, wait a minute, Sue. I just want to thank you because I often wondered why it was called the living room. We never really called it that. We called it, you know, being in Chicago, everybody laughs, but it's like it's the front room. room, Um, Or the TV room (laughs) is what we called it, the TV room and the front room. But living room makes total sense. Well, when I was young, they didn't have a TV. I remember who had the first TV, so it wouldn't be the TV room. But yeah. All right. Well, this is an interesting little history lesson from you, Sue. Where are you calling from this morning? El Paso, Illinois. Okay. Where's El Paso, Illinois? I have no idea. Me either. Bloomington Normal, just north oh. of okay. okay. All right. I went to Illinois State for a semester. There you go. <laughs> and you never went to El Paso? <laughs> I, you know, now that you're mentioning it, I remember seeing the signs off of I-55 to exit to go to El Paso. So I'll come visit you sometime, Sue. There you go. We'll sit in your living room. Yeah, in the living room. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great day. Thank you so much for calling. That's Sue. See, I love hearing about all these things. That's the thing. I mean, especially in the old homes, like you don't get the you don't get this in new homes. Like you know, you don't get the history. You don't get like the the lessons of, of of these kinds of things. And that's. Again, that's kind of one of the things I love about old homes is, you know, what the history and like, I wonder what this was used for. You know what I mean? Like, like just the way people shared their lives in these buildings, you know what I mean? And, 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 and who lived there and like all that kind of stuff is just kind of one of the cool things about what we do, you know, is that you get to see a little bit of that and figure it out. Um, as I mentioned, I grew up in Brookfield and we had, uh, our house was built for us. It was probably in the fifties. Um, yeah, maybe late fifties, early sixties when it was built. And I was really excited that we had a laundry chute. (laughs) <laughs> and it wasn't even really anything that special. It didn't twist and turn. It was right. just if you're up on the second level, there's a little swing door you open, yeah. and it just goes to the TV room, yeah. and you'd open it up, you know, with a long pole with a hook on the end, and the laundry would come down there. It wasn't, you didn't even probably need it. But now in my old house, yeah. uh, I really wish there was, and yeah. I'm kind of surprised there isn't a laundry chute in an old house like that. Well, it, there... was that a new invention in the fifties? Uh, it has to be designed into the house, right? Because it has yeah. to be a pretty straight shot. You can't have it take a right. bunch of turns because otherwise the laundry gets stuck somewhere, yeah. you know. 
And I'll tell you what I did notice. Um, you know, uh, we have pocket doors in our house, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful. Um, when you, you know, we didn't even know that's what they were. We pulled them out. They're, they need some refinishing. They're, yeah. They have some issues. But the funny one is you pull one out, and all of a sudden you notice there's like a square cut out of it. And we're like, what is that? It was for the, the duct. Like, how stupid. Oh, come on. I'm not kidding you. I'll take a picture of it. I can post it online. But you'd think somehow they would figure out, let's not go through the pocket door when we're putting a vent to the new part of the house. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So, I mean, there's no way to fix that. But at the same time, I mean, when that house was built, it probably did not have ductwork in it. I know, but when you're putting it in, wouldn't you go around? Wouldn't somebody figure out, hey, let's open the door? Maybe they did. Maybe that's what the the doors were open. They put the duct in and they couldn't close the door. (laughs) So they're like, okay, let's let's cut a big square in it. It'd be great if I had a cat. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. It was a cat, maybe a cat door. Yeah, maybe that's it. All right, it's Wendy in for Lou today. It's House Smarts Radio. Uh, Don Kleppen has your news. Andy Mazur has your sports. And this hour of House Smarts Radio is brought to you by Toro at 720 WGN. Call us in the studio. We're here today for your calls. 312-981-7200. You can also text us. Uh, with me today, Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises in beautiful Hinsdale, Illinois, and Mike Samora, a first-time guest, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone in Westmont. So, Jim, we'll start with you. Tell us a little about Tate Enterprises. Yeah, so we're a full-service remodeling company. Um, my wife does design, and I do all the project management, and we do kitchens, bathrooms, basements, occasional addition, um, but mostly interior kind of stuff. And um, I'm proud to tell you, in fact, you're the first person I've told, is, uh, um, are you, do you ever use House? Are you familiar with the website House? H-O-U-Z-Z? Yes. We just won an award for oh. uh, for an entry that we did. Um, it's actually a mudroom. Um, yeah, and we were notified this week that we were a 2023 House Award winner. Oh, my right. God. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess I could say we're an award-winning remodeling yeah. company. Yes, <laughs> and that's a cool website uh, or whatever it is. It's yeah. H-O-U-Z-Z. It's cool. If you're looking for stuff, I used to tool around on there looking for – a cool types of furniture yeah. it's very hip it's it's a great website and the thing is is that we use it a lot also not just for you know showing pictures of jobs we've done but it's a great resource for clients you know like it, when you're starting a renovation project and you're talking about okay what do you like you know how can we you know build and make this you know the space that you're envisioning we usually start with that kind of, like a house or an instagram or whatever and we try and you know develop a snapshot of what the homeowner is envisioning for their space. And then from there we, you know, obviously we customize it to their taste or whatever, but, but yeah, it's a great website. And um, yeah, just like I said, happy to be part of it. I looked around on house uh, when we had, um, we have our old house had an addition put on at some point, And when we purchased it, the home inspector said it was probably added in the 80s mm-hmm. because that's what the toilet said in the master bathroom. 
Um, that's the date that was on it. So he assumed it was put on in the 80s, and it looks kind of 80s. It was a, a loft bedroom that overlooked a great room. So I had this a great idea to close off the loft, because talk about no privacy, yeah, right. you know. Um, and I had, I wanted slider windows, like uh, some that would take away some of the noise. Mm-hmm. And on house, there was this really cool version of that. And then when the people came and did the work, I I picked a window guy that um, it was like, you know, if you ever went into a bank and somebody just kind of opened the windows and said, can I help you? So there's no soundproofing. It looks really cool, but no soundproofing or anything. And that was just a a communication error. Yeah. You know what I mean? But having a picture, it's like when you go get your hair done, you're like, I want to look like Jennifer Aniston. You can go, you know, that's not really going to happen. I can get you close, but it's not going to be the same thing. But yeah, it's a good resource, so for sure. Is. Like I said, it's a it, it's a good place to start because, like I said, it helps pull the vision kind of together, you know, yeah, especially when you're starting from scratch. Yeah. Another thing I found there was uh, we have one of those old, and this is you get you guys would probably know this is 80s, maybe even 70s, um, a fireplace, but you see the actual tube going up. You know, uh, the chimney. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. covered. Yeah, like a wood-burning stove. Yeah, like, but yeah. it's big and thick and yeah. 70s yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. porno movie yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not really understanding what you're talking about. But, uh, <laughs> like go. a ski lodge or something. Oh, okay, Just something, you know, that looks very dated. Right. That's what I'll say. Um, so I wanted to cover that up with plywood and then, um, you know, maybe Mike, you can help with this. Is there some kind of tile or stone, uh, like a prefabricated thing that you could put over it? Or do you have to like brick that up? Tell us about Gebauer tile and stone and answer my question. Okay. So (laughs) I don't think there's a prefabricated. I think it's got to be custom. Yeah. There's endless amounts of stuff of porcelain, ceramic, stone, marble, granite, uh, which you couldn't use there as quartz because the quartz wouldn't be able to handle the heat. Oh, yeah, the yeah, see. Quartz is super popular these days, but not good. it's not to be used on a fireplace because of the heat. Do they make like a facade uh, or whatever it's called where it's just kind of a thin version? Like, all right, you probably hate people that do the press-on tiles in their kitchen. Right. <laughs> because you want to... But, but you we wanna, don't want to do it. Right, and you want to do real tile with right. grout and all that stuff. Right. So is there something like a press-on stone that I could put on that, or do they not really have that? There might be. I wouldn't okay. know about it. But that's not the way to go. And you know what? I didn't even think of the heat end of yeah, things. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, any adhesive yeah. with a backer or yeah. whatever, like peel and stick, it probably isn't going to Yeah, I don't well. think you'd be able to wrap it with plywood. Um, yeah. yeah. There'd have to be some kind of fire yeah. protection there. Yeah. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking out loud. That's right. why I have the experts in here with me today. So uh, Gebauer Tile and Stone is located in Westmont, and there are so many options now. I mean, in the old days, we we had a granite countertop, and it was, uh, it was just black with some speckles. It was right. like black on black speckled. Liked it. Um, did, re, we redid our kitchen, and I went all over the world, it seemed, um, to find granite with like a big vein in it, black with a big white vein or something, just so it was wild and crazy. Um, and then after we put that in, and I absolutely love it, everybody's saying granite might not be the best place to use that maybe quartz would be better what do you yeah, think it's funny when i first started in the countertops 
It was about 15, 20 years ago. Um, That's all we had to pick from was granite yeah. marble. Now, I maybe do five granite jobs a year. Everything is either marble, soapstone, quartz, I love soapstone. and some porcelain. Yeah. Um, is it because it's a harder surface and because it's better with heat? The soapstone you're talking about? No, any of them. I mean, oh, why? Granite I think the was granite the go-to. Went out because back then you didn't have any choices. Um, the nice thing of oh, the quartz yeah, yeah, yeah. is the quartz hits the soft, pretty look of marble with the durability of granite. So you're kind of getting the best of the both worlds. The granite tends to look a little harder and speckly, mm-hmm. and people tend to shy away from marble. They're afraid of the maintenance, even though it's not. We still do a lot of marble kitchens. It's not that high maintenance, but quartz is very low maintenance. It's mm-hmm. am I you get supposed the best to be, of both worlds. Am I supposed to be doing maintenance on my granite countertop? No. I mean, <laughs> you are supposed to. I do not. Mine at my house is about 15 years old. I sealed it the day I put it in, and I kind of meant to after two or three years and 15 years later i still haven't it's fine granted it's super super hard how do you know that it's time to seal it it was sealed when it was put in and it's probably five years ago maybe six or eight years ago i can't even remember now um and i'm not noticing like wet marks when you put a glass there is that one of the tests that is an indicator yeah where the moisture starts sucking in and staying in there um but like most granites are so hard you really don't have to see them oh i like you so much because yeah. i'm a little lazy <laughs> right and it depends on your tolerance level too yeah so if people want them like perfect looking all the time i do have some customers that i'm in their home every year redoing them and other customers that are fine with every five or ten years if i could only get uh the husband and kids to wipe it after they've prepared something that's that's my big thing yeah, i'm I working on that too <laughs> Okay. And Mike, how do people reach you if they want to uh, check out Gebauer Tile and Stone? Uh, we're in downtown Westmont. Um, my email is mike.gebauertile at att.net. And Gebauer, spell that for us? G-E-B-A-U-E-R. All right. And we will do that. We will repeat that again. Jim, how do people get in touch with you over at Tate Enterprises? Yep. Of course, we have a website as well. Um, and we're on house, obviously. Uh, yeah, award winning. <laughs> right. <laughs> Congrats on Let that. Let me put that out there again. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, uh, but of course, our website is www.tateent.com, T A T E E N T.com. Um, and then I can be reached. My cell phone number is the best way to get a hold of me, which is 630. 630- Two nine four zero nine seven six, And we'll repeat that again. It's Wendy in for Lou. We're going to take a quick break and more of House Smarts Radio. Feel free to call or text 312-981-7200. It's Wendy in for Lou on 720 WGN. It's Wendy Snyder in for Lou Manfredini this week on House Smarts Radio. Lou is not here, so we're not using his toll-free number. You can call us here at the studio, 312-981-7200. And joining me this week, Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone. And gentlemen, I thank you so much for being here today, because I don't know what to do. Now, Wendy, do you find that when the snow melts, like, and you're looking around the outside, you're like, oh, yeah, that's still there. Like, the, like the, the, the deck is still rotted or the yeah. guardrail. And I was out this weekend, the snow melted, and um, the thing about this, uh, doing this show, it's kind of funny. From time to time, especially in the summer, we get, like, some landscape questions or bug questions and that kind yeah. of stuff. It's kind of funny. Um 
my wife would tell you, I am do not have a green thumb whatsoever, and um, but I do have a dog, and so like the snow is melted, and like I'm looking at my yard, and <laughs> oh like my God. half of the yard is dead, you know, yeah, grass gone, whatever, and I keep thinking, oh, I got to start to get the like seed together, and I think this like with the warm weather that we're having right now, I think you can start to do those kinds of things. It just makes me think also about the things that you put off going into winter, you know what I mean? That you kind of have to plan for now because everybody is so busy right now, like us in the trades. I mean, I know, Mike, how far out are you guys booked right now and like for a tile job? Tile job, we're really not even taking work. We're kind of booked into the summer. Yeah. Really? Already? Yes. Good God, y'all. Yeah. And so, like I said, for like, if you have a project that you're, you know, thinking of getting started or whatever, you like, this is the time to start to put the thoughts together and start making the contacts because, like I said, it's super busy out there. And, um, yeah, like I said, just looking at my own yard, thinking about like what needs to be done around the house and so on. All right, looking at my yard uh, when the snow melts, I got a lot of stuff to pick up. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you right now. I did that last weekend. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Um, and then a couple days ago, um, I took the garland down off our uh, wraparound porch, okay. finally. Um, and some of the lights were coming off the garland, and I just threw it into like a... Um, one of those construction bags to put in the shed. So yeah. I'm like, I'll deal with that next year. So it's funny. We do kind of put things off right. and then all of a sudden, wow, I never solved this problem. Um, there were some spots in our grass, uh, A, from the dog digging. Um, one area was we had just an abundance of rain a couple years ago and our backyard floods. Thank God for Permaseal. We got our basement taken care of and no water in our basement at all. But the backyard floods. And I mean, honestly, I'd rather be in the backyard than in our house. So there was an area where it was just mud and I hated sending the dog out into our fenced yard. It's not a very big yard, but yeah. he always seemed to get in the mud. Of course. So I just planted this Scott's. It was like easy patch. It it contains like a mulch mm-hmm. and a grass seed. And I heard to do it before the snow comes because then when it's there, the snow comes. It can it, it waters it. It seeps down. Yep. And I did it. Um, and this past spring, when the snow melted, not this year, last year. Yeah. The whole backyard was filled in. It was no like kidding. amazing. Wow. And it, it, amazing. It was a pretty big area. Yeah. It was probably, you know, six by eight feet. Yeah. And now I noticed this year as the snow is melting, there's a little area from when we got our um, our patio laid down. Mm-hmm. Uh, right at the edge, there was like a, a little bit of mud. So I will be buying that Scott's. I think it's Easy Grow. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. There's mulch in there yeah. and grass seed. I did. Ha- I I bought the little hand shaker because it's fun to do it. Yeah. I should have gotten the big bag. You know, I probably, it's like you're peppering your yeah, lawn. Yeah, it's kind of fun to me, like Parmesan cheese, whatever. Um, so, but that stuff really works. Yeah, nice. And you know, I I do have a little bit left, and I'm wondering it's going to be fifty. Should I put some down there now? That's well, what that's I'm, what I'm thinking. Again, I don't have a green thumb, but I mean, if 
to me, if the ground isn't frozen, and I know, you know, over the next week, I was just checking the weather, it's supposed to be in the 40s all week. And um, I, w- I don't know why you wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not going to freeze. And so the moisture, um, but if anybody knows, uh, love to have somebody call in and talk about, you know, what, uh, when you can start to put down grass seed and that kind of stuff. Because uh, like I said, that's what my, that's where my mind goes. Yeah. Cleaning up the dog poop and then starting to get the <laughs> right. <laughs> get like, the green grass. Am I going to have any mo- grass to mow, or is any of this going to come back? <laughs> <laughs> well, it really worked. I couldn't believe. I was looking at it, going, "I can't believe it's not mud in the backyard anymore." Yeah. So I was very impressed with myself. Nice. And that's how I do DIY. I try things, and if I can't, if it doesn't work, yeah. Um, like I want to change the bathroom faucet, and I'm thinking that can't be that hard. Um. But I don't know. That's something I that kind of scares me a little bit. Um, kitchen faucet, everybody says, oh, that's really easy to do. I was looking under there yesterday. I don't know how – I'm not getting under there, you know, and that seems like more time-consuming and more difficult. You know, the challenge is, is that if if everything was brand new and – Everything came undone just as easily as it went in the first right. time. It would be easy, but the challenge is, is that you know, especially in older, older homes, home. yeah, these things, you know, they rust, they get corroded. Next thing you know, you've got you know a bolt that won't come loose, and you've got you know a handle that is stuck in there, and you you know, of course, now I don't want to damage the countertop, you know. So how do you get that off without damaging? And so, like I said, it can be easy, but it can also be incredibly difficult you know uh, yeah. and so that's kind of the challenge that you take right and so if you're a DIYer you know you walk into those projects thinking I hope it goes well but mentally I'm prepared if it doesn't you know I'm going to get through this you right. know and it's funny because we were talking off the air and I asked either of you if you know of a handyman and you guys basically said, well, I have, you know, you can check here. But in the old days, it seems like there was a retired guy. Right. You know, um, I grew up in Brookfield. Our mailman retired. And he was like, he was the DIY guy yeah, that you'd go, right. he could fix anything. The yeah. garage door broke, you know. Oh, he could come do that. Uh, a ceiling fan is making noise. He can come check that out. Are there handy people anymore? Especially, I'm kind of shocked with all these people doing DIY why, why isn't there a handyman place to call? That is a good question. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, everyone seems to be specialized. These yeah. Days. I, it's been probably 15 years since I last remember seeing a handyman. That's cool. Everyone is specialized. Yeah. Because um, I was telling you off the air, I have a couple of things. I want to, uh, my kitchen um, faucet is leaking, so I want to replace that. And I have a ceiling, fa- two ceiling fans that are kind of making some rickety noises. And it's like I could call an electrician and buy two new ceiling fans and get the plumber out and do that. But they're in the old days. And I'm not even talking that long ago. Like, you know, 15 years ago, you could call someone who could handle that. They could do it all, yeah. Hmm. Handy people. All right. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to look into that. We have some calls we're going to take, but uh, I, we're not going to have time before the news. So Lisa is calling from Valparaiso, Indiana, if she wants to hang on. And 
7200 is the number to call. It's Wendy Snyder in for Lou Manfredini today. And with me, Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises in Hinsdale. Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone over in Westmont. And somebody wanted to know if we could book Bob the Builder on the show. <laughs> because he knows all about everything. Uh, 708, I don't even know if Bob the Builder's still around. I think he's live on the air on on TV in the mornings. If... <laughs> <laughs> I Isn't know he that, doing the TV show? Like, is it... The cartoon, yeah. I don't even know if... It, are there new Bob the Builders? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all right. Is well. Bob a handyman? <laughs> no, he's a... See, that's who I could have <laughs> called. I bet he is. But I also want to know if there's any handy men out there too, or women. I really they, yeah. sh- they got to change that term now. Handy, handy person. Handy. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. All right. It's Wendy and for Lou Manfredini. It's House Smarts Radio and news coming up next here on 720 WGN. You can just reach us here in the studio at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Really quickly, uh, Lisa, we got you next, but let's go to line three and Cindy. We were talking about uh, handyman services. Jim Sullivan is with me here, owner of Tate Enterprises, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone. And we were talking about handy persons, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and Cindy, I, I kind of overlooked one, didn't I? Yes. Good morning, Wendy. I really enjoy hearing you on the radio. Thank you. Um, Mega Home Improvements has yeah. a handyman service. Mega Mega Pros. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So you can call them with various projects and they'll take care of you? Yeah. What did they do yeah. for you? I used them. <clears throat> excuse me. I used them. Uh, we had uh, some indoor projects and some outdoor projects, small things that uh, they took care of and... Um, I was very satisfied with it. Awesome. All right. They advertise here. Uh, God bless Mega Pro Joe. He was a great guy. Mega Pros. Mega. Thank you, Cindy. You. Ha- what do you have on no. tap for the weekend? Uh, nothing special. Usual uh, laundry and maybe the grandkids will come by. Well, I hope so. You need some fun. Laundry's not fun. (laughs) No, but it has to be done. I know. All right, Cindy, thank you so much. Have a great week. All right. I was just reading somewhere. Somebody said that they do laundry every Thursday night. Oh. And they just made it a routine because then everything's clean for the weekend and then it's just done. And, you know, that's not a bad idea, actually. No, it kind of frees up the weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lisa's been on hold for a long time on line one. She's calling in this morning from Valparaiso. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. All right. So what's your your question? Well, I'm uh, going to do some bathroom renovations. And by I, I mean I'm hiring somebody to do bathroom (laughs) renovations. And... um, I want to replace a single stall shower, but I don't want to do individual tile. Um, I'm kind of like you with your countertop. I don't want the maintenance of, you know, grout and all that. Um, Besides, I I don't think I could get a new single stall into the bathroom. Um, What products would you recommend? as an alternative to tile. 
So, of course, I mean, um, what, well, first of all, what size is the shower? It's probably the smallest size shower you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's only like thirty six by thirty six, okay. I would say. Okay, and is it is it uh, three walls of tile or is it a corner unit? It's three walls. It's three walls. Okay. Well, of course, I mean, they do make, you know, fiberglass and acrylic um, shower um, walls. Um, those are, you know, always good options. And, you know, on a remodel, you can buy them, they call them modular, meaning right. that it's not one big unit um, with the walls on the floor and everything all combined. Um, and, I mean, those are pretty simple solutions. But there's, I mean, if, if grout's your concern, I mean, Mostly where I work, we are doing, you know, ceramics and porcelains. And I do hear the grout issue from time to time, but there's a lot of, uh, and I know Mike can talk a little bit about this too. There's a lot of products out there where it's, they're much larger porcelains and ceramics that, you know, that don't have the, as much, as many grout lines. Um, so larger format tiles. Right. Much smaller grout joints. Yep. And, and the grout today is extremely hard and stain proof. It's very little maintenance, if any, other than just regular cleaning. Is it because you don't like the look of tile, Lisa? Because, I mean, honestly, you don't have to do extra work with the new grouts, right? I mean, no. it's just, do you just not like the look? No, it's not that I don't like the look. I just worry that, you know, the grout's going to need to be redone or, you know, cleaning grout and um, All right, maybe I'm a terrible housekeeper, but I very rarely clean grout, and there was an area that was in bad shape, and I had it redone. Somebody just kind of came in, and uh, there was some moisture behind it, so they had to remove some tiles, and they regrouted it. But, I mean, it's lasted for 50 years since yeah. it's been in that bathroom. Well, and the thing is, like Mike was saying, the grouts today are so much different than they were, you know, years ago. Now they the sealers are all like cooked in and baked right. into the into grout. The that, grout. Yeah, right. so you don't need to do all the things that you used to. I mean, is the grout going to discolor over time? Yes, but it's mostly because of the products that you're using. So your soaps and your shampoos are going to discolor the grout. But again, it's not a very minimal though. Very minimal, things. yeah. Because if you do like a solid sheet of granite or something like that, Lisa, you're talking a lot of money at that point, correct? Right. That is an option of of solid piece, like marble, like panels or, of yeah. marble or quartz, but it, it does get very expensive compared to doing tile. Okay. So I think there's lots of options. It really comes down to personal taste. Um, and the, you mentioned there are bigger tiles now, not mm -hmm. like the small subway tiles where you're going to see grout all over the place. There are larger right. tiles that not going to be as much grout in your shower. Correct. You can do, like, we just, Mike and I did a shower. We did 12, uh, 12 by 24s. We've done 12 by 36. We've done as much as, uh, I think the one job we did, they were 48 by 48. So four, yes, four, four foot, foot square. Four foot. But, um, on the way in, Mike and I were talking. He's doing a job right now where the – how big are is the ceramic pieces? We, uh, porcelain. Porcelain. Pieces. We just did some this week that are 5 foot by 10 foot. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, huge. <laughs> yes, yeah. massive. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, well, I mean, they come in all different sizes. Well, thank you very much, and good luck to you, Lisa. You might want to go on house.com, H-O-U-Z-Z.com, and look for some ideas because, you know, Tate Enterprises, just uh, they're award-winning Tate Enterprises. You just won that. Congratulations, right. Jim. Thank you. And Jim, we did the tile and countertops in that room. Sure oh, did. awesome. Yeah. All right, well, Jim Sullivan, Mike Samora, they're with me today. I'm Wendy Snyder, in for Lou Manfredini. Feel free to call us or text us at 312-981-7200. Not the toll-free number today. In the studio, 312-981-7200. It's House Smarts Radio on 720 WGN. Joining me this week, Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone in Westmont. And we have Pat, who has called us on line two, 312-981-7200. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Oh, oh, good morning, Wendy. Um, You know, uh, I have to tell you, I have a laundry chute, too. Oh, that's great. In, in my house. Oh, and, that's fun. And and so, you know, there's a lot of us that have that. The best thing that the builder ever put in. Yeah. I so have... you're still using it? Oh, yes. That's great. You, you open the vanity, you open the, the vanity door under the sink of the bathroom. Oh, nice. And you li- lift up the little door and you put your clothes down. And I have a canvas bag that hangs under and it goes in the bag, and the bottom of the bag has a zipper, and it happens to hang right over the washing machine. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I know. I know. We have a well, loft. Listen. Wait, we have a loft bedroom, so we just open the windows and throw, like, hey, I need a box of Kleenex down here. Okay, so that's our laundry chute. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's funny. <laughs> well, what do you have for you, us this morning, yeah, Kat? Well, it, it's just something that is getting... Um, very irritating. My carpeting is starting to get some wrinkles in it, and and I'm wondering. It's uh, ten years old, and it's a Karastan carpeting. And is there a way to get rid of those wrinkles without taking all the furniture out of the living room and dining room, and and you know having it restretched? That is a great question. Yeah, I don't know if you can do it with furniture. And so the one thing I would, you know, just be a little cautious of is a lot of times when you see wrinkles in the carpets, actually a sign that the the foam underneath is a problem. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, so sometimes that can be an issue. Um, but the um, they can restretch assuming the carpet is in good enough shape to do so. In other words, right. if, if they think they're going to damage the carpet by stretching it, then they probably won't do it. Wouldn't uh, do it. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I think if there's Have a local... Have you had it restretched ahead, in the 10 years? Have you ever had it restretched? No, never. So my guess no, is that's No, and you know, it's the living done. room, the L-shaped living room, dining room, and down the hall. And it, you know, gosh... It's it, you'd have to take out all this stuff. Yeah, China cabinet, uh, grandfather um, clock, sofa, all of that, oh, yeah. and it's over a hardwood floor. Hmm. What about a steamer? Is that stupid of me to suggest? Um, oh gosh, Wendy, that's a good idea. You could try it. I mean, you could try it. it, it, it I. It might help get it to sit down. Yeah, right. you know. Um, I have a closed steamer. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
that would that would be good. You, yeah, you can definitely oh. use that on the carpet for H- sure. How much uh, is wrinkled, Pat? I mean, is it oh. like a couple of spots or is it yeah, all of it? Yeah, it's it's there's like two spots now. Um one one major spot here in the living room uh and then another one uh over yeah, and then there's some really wrinkly stuff over in front of the china cabinet. I would try well, there's the There's a steamer. lot of weight there. I mean, I have definitely seen carpet guys, again, I don't do carpet for a living, but I have definitely seen carpet installers use steamers to remove, you know, like a fold in a carpet. You know how like, yeah. sometimes they bring it in, they carry it, and it's folded in half, and they use steam to, to, to take that, you know, wrinkle out from the fold. Oh, uh, that and it is, might work. Uh, but, you know, oh, I might, I'm, I'm going to have to give that a try because, um, you know, the carpet, he said, very good condition. And, um, you know, uh, well, thanks a lot. Oh, Wendy, good luck with your house, too. You could do a whole show just on your house. <laughs> Maybe we could do a show right. at her house. Yeah. Yes. yeah oh, well, there, that would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- good luck to you, Pat. And, Thank um, you. You know, I'm just, I don't know if uh, maybe like a heavy-duty steamer would work better and kind of push it down. So if, it, if your handheld one doesn't work, perhaps you could call a carpet company and maybe they could come out and give it a steam and try and make it work for you you think those where you could rent equipment would have a steamer like that i the, i know that the grocery stores do have they have like a cleaner the scrubbers yeah, yeah. we have one you know a scrubber for the carpet but but i'm thinking you know the rent all places maybe would have a a, a, a steamer like that well i'm gonna try it yeah. well, good thanks luck. a lot yeah, good luck have a great weekend okay. pat thank you you too bye-bye i love pat Yes, she was great. <laughs> she is great. Um, and there's nothing wrong with my house. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, uh, we've been there a long time. And honestly, I have no complaints. I, I really, I was looking at it the other day, and it's like, I really love our house. We haven't moved. It's the only house I've ever lived in that I've purchased, you know, with my husband. Um, and I think that's a good sign. It's great. You know, I'm not one. I know there are people either for their jobs or whatever they have to keep moving around, but I, you get really comfortable in your home. And I am starting to declutter, which is like honestly changing my life because I, I bought these contractor bags. Uh, they're just really heavy duty uh, garbage bags. Mm-hmm. And I am trying to go through my closet. I'm trying to go through all this tchotchke I have that do I really need it? And then I I look in my uh, china cabinet, and this is something interesting. Um, I have my grandma's china, and I love it. It's beautiful. It's very plain and simple. It's good china. She used it for special occasions. It's sitting in a china cabinet not being used. Mm -hmm. I have two boys. Even if I had a girl, this generation doesn't want our crap anymore. So then I'm thinking, you know, my crate and barrel dishes, I've broken a couple of them. Why don't I just use this china yeah. as my everyday yeah. dishes? I love it, yes. Yeah. And then when it breaks, it breaks. At yeah. least it got used. At least used. you enjoyed yes, it, yeah. Absolutely. Because in our attic, I have something from my great aunt, too, beautiful um, pansies on it. It's another set of dishes that's just sitting up there. It's just going to end up going to Goodwill when I die, right. which hopefully isn't soon. But um, so... Is that something that, I mean, can you put real china in a dishwasher? Does it matter? Aren't I just trying to use it and get some use out of it before it breaks? 
Well, it's definitely not going to break in the dishwasher. I think that, you know, usually the issue with putting stuff in the dishwasher is it's going to damage the finish. Oh, yeah. You know, so, but, but, but again, I mean, it's better than not using it, right? I mean, it's just sitting there collecting dust, taking up space in my china cabinet when i could have like beer glasses and stuff that i actually use <laughs> right i love the idea of using it and enjoying it all right well let's do uh we're gonna do a quick one jeff on line five uh good morning jeff how are you good morning i'm fine wendy thanks uh you had a question we have a, about a minute and a half here so what do you got for us Yes, my brother cleaned my mother's 1955 Terrazzo floor uh, with some kind of strong cleaner, you know, down on his hands and knees. A, I don't know if it's a liquid or a paste, but now it's dull. And they, my, yeah, we want to know how to get it to, the shine back. Can I ask what a Terrazzo floor is? Mm-hmm. What is that? Me or I think anybody? Mike would be able oh, to answer that, right? Yeah, it's basically a combination of congr- concrete and aggregate. Um, that gets polished. But to bring the shine back, I'm not a terrazzo expert, but I think you need a professional for that with diamonds, pads, water, to actually bring the shine back up. There might be a topical product, but I don't think it would last. Yeah, that's what we figured, like, probably couldn't use a wax or anything like that. I mean, it's probably made it a little porous now. Right. He Mm. probably took the shine off. You're going to have to have it um, basically re-shined up mechanically with diamond pads, water, and a machine. The good news is the terrazzo can. That could come in and be refinished and look like brand new again. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's solid. I mean, it's a solid surface. All right, it's terrazzo. I thought you said with a C-H, and it's just basically like looks like broken glass specks Mm -hmm. in uh, concrete. That yeah. is beautiful. Huh. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful floor. I mean, they last forever. Right. But, uh, yeah, I guess you used too much, uh, too aggressive uh, of a cleaner on it. Yeah, I never know how to pronounce that. I wonder if he used, right. like, right. a muriatic acid or something, Sounds and like he etched it. Because to take uh, the shine off, it had yeah. to be really strong yeah. cleaner. Probably took his fingerprints off, too. <laughs> so who does Jeff... <laughs> <laughs> so go easy on yeah, him, Jeff. Yeah, he to be real careful using it and not to breathe too much of it. Right. All right, well, so who does Jeff call then to get this refinished? Is there a, a terrazzo floor resurfacer? The only terrazzo place I know is, I believe it's called Banconi in Bensonville. All right, well, look it up. Google, you know, uh, terrazzo floor refinishing. And good luck to you, Jeff. Uh, I'm sorry uh, your brother messed it up. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wendy. Have, have a good one. All right, we've got news coming your way next. It's Wendy Snyder in for Lou Manfredini. It's House Smarts Radio here on 720 WGN. It's Wendy Snyder, and I'm sitting in for Lou Manfredini this week for House Smarts Radio. And it's time now for this week's New to Lou 2, which is sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. When you need a new ride, you need a Chevy. Do you ever wish you were more organized or had more time to tidy your place up? Yes, says everyone. Well, this week's New Duluth 2 might just help you get there. 
self-developed cleaning tool company, Swapped, offers a variety of handles and heads that can be swapped out, get it, using a special snap lock mechanism. Each of their cleaning heads serve a different function. So some examples are push brooms, upright brooms, deck brushes, scrub brushes, dust mops, wet mops, floor squeegees, and window squeegees. The handle simply slides into the preferred cleaning head and a tongue and groove system instantly secures the two pieces together. To switch out the heads, users just need to push the button and the handle slides right off. There's different handles to choose between wood or steel, also different length options, 48 inches or 60 inches. Swapped offers different kits for whatever your needs may be, like the all-in-one cleaning kit, the standard garage kit, the apartment living kit, an outdoor kit, a wet cleaning kit, all designed to help you keep things tidy, stay organized, and save space. These kits start at about 35 bucks, but all their pieces can also be purchased individually. So you can kind of mix and match for what you need. To find out more information about the swapped cleaning system that's spelled S-W-O-P-T, yeah, you know me, visit Lou's YouTube House Smarts channel. And hey, while you're there, might as well click that subscribe button. All right, that's really cool. I'm on their website right now because uh, swappedcleaning.com. Um, it's Wendy Snyder, and I'm here with Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone. We were talking off the air about clutter, because <laughs> I had mentioned I'm starting to declutter. Uh, it sounds like your wife and I would get along wonderfully. Yes. Um, because You're listening, Kimberly? She's decluttering. All right, but here's the thing, Kimberly. Uh, I am a clutterer from way back. And when Lindsay started this out and said, oh, are you trying to clean things up? We both laughed because, you know, Swapped can help you do that. SwappedCleaning.com. Really a a great idea to have the heads that uh, can be swapped out. I love it. Um, On brooms and other things. Um, I am really sick of being buried in clutter and it's, it's really hard to get rid of things. I don't know why. I know there's an emotional attachment to it. I've watched the show Hoarders, which breaks my heart (laughs) to see some of those people because they really cannot part with some of those things. And there are underlying issues. I'm, I'm not there, but I do, um, I do save things. I've been known to MacGyver some things. I, I'm like, oh, I might need this electrical wire for something later on when I'm rewiring a lamp. You know what? If I do, I'll go to the hardware store and get it. But um, I have a dining room table that is my landing place. I've talked about this on the air. I've been on the air for 30 plus years. I've talked about my dining room table for 30 plus years because wherever I live or go or rent, I have a landing place for all my junk. And I don't have an office. I just, I have piles of things. And if you touch my piles, I will break your hand <laughs> because <Yes. laughs> I know what's in them. I know it looks like a disorganized mess, but I know what's in them. So uh, every year on Thanksgiving, I host and I do this, I think, so I have to clean off my dining room table and slowly but surely stuff and piles go back on my dining room table. Um, plenty of fights have happened over piles of mail on my dining room table and how I can never throw away anything. Very true. You don't true. know anything about that in my house. That's, it's, you know, I, I just, I need time to sit down and go through stuff. So, um, like I said, my goal this year is to keep the dining room table clean until next Thanksgiving. 
So far, I've been nailing it. I got to tell it. you. All right. Um, when something, and now I've become so anal about it that if my husband puts something on there, uh, so he can go grab his coffee and he puts something on the dining room table because he's going to bring it in the basement, I'm like, Jim, there's something on the dining room table. I've become obsessed with keeping it clean. I went and bought this really cute wicker basket. It's a little tiny thing. That's where my mail goes. And, uh, once a week, maybe a little longer than that, I go through my stuff and clean it out. So I've been doing that impressive since November. Very impressive. It's really hard for me. I don't know why there's an emotional attachment. I don't know what the emotion is, but cluttering is a problem for many people. It is. I, uh, so when you put stuff on the dining room table, I'm going to play therapist here. For All right, a do it. So, cool. yeah, I'll do give you my copay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is it stuff that needs to like be filed? I don't. Uh, I don't have a filing system. <laughs> I really don't. I just. I'm telling you, if I die tomorrow, no one will know where any important yeah. papers are. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't save a lot of anything. In fact, um, a couple of years ago, just in our own business. We're trying to be more and more paperless, like mm-hmm. less paper being printed, less paper being used in the office. And so we're using all these different programs. Of course, we have scanners and, you know, these new phones can scan things as well. So like all this cool stuff. Um, But we still find we have a lot of papers and owning a business. A lot of these papers, like if you save it and you print it, you have to save it. Like, and so I'm finding like the more that we can scan and save in the computer, it's less boxes of paper that we're storing for, I'm not sure what, but my accountant tells me we have to hold on to all this stuff. (laughs) But, um, so like that kind of stuff I save, but in general, like in my own house, I'm not much of a saver. Like I do have a passion for vehicles, I have two like summer cars and I have a boat like and I have emotional attachments to those things. Well, those are things you use. They're not right. piles of yeah. crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, but but it's still stuff. It's still stuff. Right, right. right. I get that. Um, but it's fun it's, stuff. But it's fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like but that. but like in general everyday kind of stuff like I'm just I'm not a saver. I've told my kids you're not going to get a lot of heirlooms from us. They don't want them. So right. that works That's, out perfectly. Right. <clears throat> um, so, Mike, uh, Kimberly likes to, uh, to to stash things. Yes, she likes. To... She has the emotional attachment too. Like you, we were talking off air. We have gotten into fights over me moving stuff, throwing stuff out. Well, why do you touch her stuff? That's my big question. Because it bugs me. I have a compulsion to throw everything out, and she has a compulsion to save everything. It makes for a perfect match. Yeah, my husband's <laughs> like that too. He's very organized with things. I'm very disorganized. I'm totally ADHD. I know where things are, but you know, I have uh, also there's a, a little cabinet in the kitchen. I I don't know what you call it. It's a bookshelf or something with the printer on it. Yeah. And there were some papers there. I got this bee in my bonnet, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go through all these papers. You guys, I threw up, threw out so much stuff. I didn't need it. I found. Um, a piece of paper that listed options to make dinner. Um, like, do we want pork roast? Do we want steak tacos? It was ideas to come. That must be 10 years old. Like when the kids were right. little and I had to think of dinner plans. I just stash things and that's my problem. So I'm trying to be more aware of that. But something's going to hit your wife where she goes, you know what? 
I, I I'm buried in crap. So, um, right. but you bothering her is going to push her farther away yeah, no. from decluttering. I find it therapeutic to throw it out, and she finds it therapeutic to save it. Well, we're you know what? <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. We're yeah. all different. That's why I right. say that's why they make more than just chocolate ice cream. I mean, <laughs> right. I like chocolate ice cream, and not everybody does. Right. Whatever floats your boat or drives your car, because Jim has several of those. Right. But whatever. <laughs> all right, it's uh, you know just it, it, take it easy on yourself, and um, you know it it does feel. It's a big relief when you can have a big bag of recyclables that you take outside or another bag that you're taking a goodwill. So uh, one step at a time and we'll all heal the world. One step at a time. That's what we'll do. All right. It's Wendy in for Lou. It's House Smarts Radio. Please call us or text us at 312-981-7200 at 720 WGN. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Jim Sullivan with me today, owner of Tate Enterprises in Hinsdale, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone in Westmont. And Ken has called us at 312-981-7200. Good morning, Ken. You had a question for us? Ken? Three, two, one. Good morning, Ken. Are you there? So we move on to Pam. We'll see if Pam is there. Good morning. there. Good morning, Pam. How are you? I'm good. I was agreeing with you with the decluttering. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> we we 61 years in the house, and now and I look up one day and I said, I got to get rid of this stuff. It's so hard, and I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why we're hanging on to stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, it does feel good yeah. when you're able to get through it. But didn't you have to come to that conclusion on your own? Yes, I did. Yeah. I'm still having trouble. I don't believe in, you know, I like to keep my books. And uh, so I'm having the hardest trouble is keeping keeping books and have a lot of family photos that are in um, bins. You know, I put them in those plastic bins. Yeah. So now I'm trying to scan, you know, some of them and then try to figure out what to do with the rest. I haven't figured that out yet. But. See, that's what it is. They always tell you growing up, you know, if you want to clean your room, everything needs a place. Some of these yeah. things don't have a place, and that's what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm a genius. I'm going, I'm going to start writing a book or something. Uh, you want to write it with me, Pam? Well, I don't know if I'll be good at it. I'm not good at it yet, Wendy. Well, all I right. Haven't, I haven't got there yet. All right. Um, you're not calling about the clutter, but what are you calling about this morning, Pam? Yeah, I noticed. And it's not a loud noise, but one day I decided, I, you know, whatever reason, I, I, I heard a, uh, like a little buzz with my, uh, what's that, GCFI, GFCI? Mm-hmm in uh, the bathrooms, and uh, I'd never heard it before, you know. I mean, it's not loud enough where if you, you know, you can hear it, but if you get close enough, you know, close up on it, you can hear like a little hum or something. Is that normal? Mm, no, it's not. I wouldn't say it's normal, um, but what it could be, have you ever tried resetting it? Yes, I reset it. I mean, and, and it still works, you know, I can plug mm-hmm. things in, but uh, I did reset it, and it, you can still hear it. It's and still was, humming. I okay. think it's real low. Okay. But I didn't know if that was normal or, you know, should I be concerned to have it replaced? Mm, I wouldn't be too concerned. If something was wrong with it, uh, something major was wrong with it, uh, the GFI itself would, would trip, meaning the outlet would not work. Um, I would okay. say that the outlet's probably starting to go bad, and that humming that okay. you're hearing is probably the electronics inside it that are controlling the GFI to tell it to turn off. Um, okay. And so once it stops working, it's you'll probably need to replace it. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask one last question? Absolutely. Sure. 
Yeah, I have um, bay windows in the front, and some years ago uh, it started to fog. I didn't know what it was at first, and then a, a guy who does handiwork said, oh, that's the fog in between the glass. And as opposed to buying another bay window for, I don't know, $7,000 or whatever, hmm. is it possible to get that uh, fog uh, out of between the glass or does it have to buy new windows? So the um, there are companies out there that um, that can remove the fog. I I do not know who they are. I've never used one. I have seen them advertised um, either on TV or or uh, in other places. And um, I, so I've not seen it done. I mean, the idea is is that you know there shouldn't be moisture in there because it's a sealed unit. So the the okay. seal is bad on one of those windows, which is allowing moisture to get in there. And, okay. you know, my understanding is what they do is they drill a small hole in there, you know, remove the air, remove the moisture, and then seal it back up. Um, so it's it's definitely worth checking because, like you said, bay windows uh, are going to be going to be yeah. expensive. Yep, it's worth. Yeah. Uh, but I would Google and, you know, find a company. I, th- um, I feel like there was a company like Get the Fog Out or something like that. Uh, Get the Fog okay. Out. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> something stuck in my <laughs> head that way so um but i think you could probably google and find a company that could do it okay well thank you very much good luck Thanks to for you the call. thank you pam and we have ken back we had a, a bad connection ken you are on hold for so long i went to you and you weren't there but you're back how are you good don't ever hang up on me again wendy all right what's going on <laughs> Um, my daughter and her fiance just bought a house and, um, they want to tackle the kitchen. I'm a handy guy. I've done a lot. They want to reface the cabinets and they want to uh, replace them with, um, oh, it's not oak. Can't remember the, what they want. Maple, uh, cabinet fronts and bottoms and they want to repaint everything. And just curious if you have any experience with that. If it's durable, is there a special paint you're supposed to use? Is just regular. Uh-oh. Oh, dude. Oh, now there's going to be trouble. <laughs> All right, Ken. You Wendy, hung up on he yourself. told you not to hang up on yeah, him. I know. People are, you know, that would have been funny had I thought to do it, but <laughs> I didn't. Because, Ken, I, listen, I hope he's still listening, but, um, so basically, repainting or refacing cabinets, yeah. is it worth the trouble? And I've seen people, it's it's a lot of work, especially if you're doing it yourself. But um, I, people have been very happy with the results. Um, I think that's way too much work, but it's going to save you money, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if Ken's listening, call back in because I I do have a lot of questions. So he mentioned painting, but he also mentioned refacing. So I'm not sure if uh, if he's thinking about having the doors like replaced like pre-finished refacing or if he's thinking replace the doors and then paint them. Um, it is a lot of work though, either way, refacing or painting your kitchen cabinets is a lot of work. Um, and it's a more highly skilled thing, not like painting a wall. I've yeah. seen some homeowner painted cabinets that look like homeowner painted cabinets. Yeah. Ken back. We're going to put, uh, he's coming in. Yeah. All right. He's coming Ken, in hot. Ken, I can quit, see hang, quit hanging up on yourself, dude. Come on, Ken. All right, get to the uh, point and get a new phone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's what happened. We just did. Um, oh, there's so the anyway, problem. Yeah, yeah, you had some questions. Yeah, they want to um, they want to take off the cabinet fronts because they're beat up. The cabinets themselves are good. Uh, we're going to. They want to buy maple fronts, and uh, we'd like to paint them and then just 
put them back on the cabinet. Got it. So you're going to put new maple doors on, and then you're going to paint the maple doors. Correct. Got it. Yeah, I mean, it can be done. It is a lot of work. Um, I, um, are you, uh, are you like, have you thought about, like, the technique? Like, are you thinking of spraying? Are you thinking of yeah. rolling, brushing? No. Spraying, I probably rent a spray. I have I have a sprayer for a car. I've painted cars, but oh, okay. I don't think that's the same. So, um, is it an HVLP sprayer? It is. Yeah, you can use an HVLP. The um, the only thing is, is um, and I know Luz talked about this before. There's a lot of good primers out there. Um, highly recommend um, Sticks Primer. Um, you can get it at the big box stores, I think, definitely at the paint stores, but it's a really good primer and a really good base. Um, but there's, um, but yeah, it can be done. It is a lot of work. Uh, spraying will make it a little bit easier. Um, but you know, it's still a process and you need space obviously for spraying. Right. So sand them down and yeah. and uh, rough them up and then, okay. Yeah. I mean, the but biggest difference it, is going to be, you know, I mean, again, I sell cabinets, so I'm, of course, going to tell you what the benefits of, you know, replacing them are. You know, in, in new cabinets, you're going to get soft clothes. You're probably going to get bigger uh, bigger doors and drawers. Um, you know, of course, everything's going to fit. But if there's nothing wrong with the boxes and you really ju- are just replacing the, the face, I mean, it absolutely can be done. Yeah, it's not their forever home, so yeah. I don't think they really want to put a, a bunch of money into it. So they felt that painting would be the most economical yep. way to do it. Agreed. Right? Yeah. That's a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. All right, hang up sense. on yourself again, Ken. Take <laughs> <Okay>. care. <laughs> Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> All right. So fine. I'm so glad he called back and we could get that taken care of. 312 has texted us any recommendations of what to do with clutter objects. I have old TVs that I refuse to donate to Goodwill because... Uh, I. I didn't get the end of this, but I just want to tell you, Goodwill is no longer accepting televisions because my husband, uh, Mr. Clutterer, is driving (laughs) around with a TV in the back of his car right now because we don't want to spend the 40 bucks to take it to uh, Best Buy Mm. to recycle it. So Mm. it's in the back of his car right now. (laughs) Hmm, That's just as bad as my dining room table. Right. Yeah, so... uh the best thing to do is I always say... Oops, can you hold your thought? Yeah. And we'll do some news. Are you going to hang and, up on me? <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Bye, Jim. All right. Let's do some news here on 720 WGN. We were left in suspense as we took a break for news, uh, wondering where to dispose of old television sets. We're getting some people texting in, but... Uh, you, Jim, you were in the midst of telling us something terribly important, and I had to cut you off. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And you did. Thank you. There better be a payoff here. Yeah, no, we got to pay the bills, as they say, right? Um, yeah, so I usually recommend start with uh, going on your village's website, uh, look up, you know, garbage and recycling. There's usually information in there about how to dispose and recycle of electronics. Um, but um, in general, in DuPage County, there's uh, electronics recycling in um, Burr Ridge. Um, oh, yeah, yeah I right saw Right off that. of Plainfield. Um that's a place you can go all the time. Now, what I will say is it's not free. So yes. some stuff is free. Uh, TVs are not. I want to say it's somewhere between 5 or $10 a 
to recycle your TVs there. Um, but other electronics they take, there is no charge for. Like com- I brought computers there, VCRs, like that kind of stuff. You can bring it there anytime. Um, and there's always somebody there. Well, I take that back. During business hours, there's people there. They take your items and they recycle it um, and package it up. Um, so you can always go there. But like I said, you can also check with your village because sometimes they do have free recycling programs mm-hmm. at certain times of the year. That I know, and um, this is probably like a 20-inch TV mm-hmm. with, you know, um, it's an old TV. Yeah. Um, it's not like a flat screen, yeah. and I don't know, like, it. I think I read Best Buy will take it. I think it's $40 to recycle a television like 60 inches and up or something. I don't know. Look in, on their yeah. website. But I saw the thing in Burr Ridge, garbage and recycling and uh, electronics recycling. So you, it's a crazy little invention called the computer and Google. Yeah. So use your Googler and you can find out. Um, uh, somebody has texted us and um, Mike, you and I were <laughs> kind of giggling over this. Um Donate TVs to axe-throwing rage rooms in the western suburbs. Tube and flat screens accepted. Love it. I have three in my garage I could bring over there. And like I said, that, I mean, that is recycling, right? I mean, it's being repurposed. Yeah, I guess. But it's like, what happens then? Where do, I guess they have to worry about it. Where right. does it go after well, that? Sure they recycle it after that, but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's getting some additional use out of it. I think that's a great idea. All right. Well, I went to an axe-throwing place with some of my girlfriends, and it was really fun. But we weren't throwing it at TVs. Rage rooms, that's my my room on a good Saturday or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the axe-throwing was just a big target that you threw. I, there was no doing it to yeah, TVs. Yeah, I hope they're not throwing them at TVs. That, I, I like seems... the rage room, though, where yes. you get a sledgehammer and you get, that would be fun. Yeah, that does sound fun. Why don't you open up your own rage room, Mike? You <laughs> could do should. that, yeah. You have the TVs for right. it. I'm sure I have a couple of old VCRs I can give you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk. Oh, Gail wants to chime in on line one about decluttering. That's what started this whole thing is uh, trying to declutter my house because I'm a pack rat. I'm not a hoarder. I haven't graduated to hoarder status. Uh, cleaned off my dining room table for Thanksgiving, and my goal is to keep it clean until next Thanksgiving, and I'm doing pretty well right now. Gail is on line one. And we will take her call. Hi, Gail. How are you? Hi, fine. I just wanted to give you this piece of advice I got from my daughter-in-law. She was over one day, and I was telling her how hard it was to go through everything after my husband died. And she says, well, I'll give you a piece of advice. And she said, each item you look, you pick up, ask yourself, do you need it? Do you want it? Or do you use it? And if it fails all of those things, then you decide if you want to toss it, donate it, or sell it. And I like that advice so good, I wrote it on a piece of notebook paper, and I taped it on the wall of each room. And I (laughs) look at it every time I go in and and start to clean things. I I look at that sign, and it really, really helps. I'm sorry for the loss of your husband, and that has to be tough going through all that stuff. Yeah, it's, I'm getting over it now. I mean, not getting over it. Right. Well, you're learning to live without him. Yeah. Um, uh, so the th- the three things are: if you need it, do you need it? Do you, you need, want, or use? 
All right. That is really and good. And then you either toss, donate, or sell. Toss, donate, or sell. I'm writing this down. I'm going to put yeah, it in every room good. of my house, too. I, I That's think, what I did, and then you have these boxes, and then when they get full, you just deal with them. And the other things you organize, if it's something you need or want or you do use it, then you organize that stuff. Well, this is great advice, Gail. We thank you so much. I'm sure you helped a lot of people, including myself today. Oh, good. Have a great weekend. Okay, you too. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I read um, Marie Kondo and the Joy of whatever. (laughs) I can't remember uh, her book, but it's like you want things that give you joy. Um, Not a lot gives me joy these days if you want to know the truth, but this makes more sense. You pick up an item and say, do I need it? Do I want it? Do I use it? And yeah, it makes great sense. So, I like the idea of having three bins for that, too, right? So you can do it every day, like, as, as the stuff comes in. So it's not cluttering right. your table. It goes immediately into one of those three things, and then you can decide. And you have room for those bins? Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, my dining room table is pretty uh, clean. Well, so I? is mine now. <laughs> I have a basket of mail that I haven't gone through maybe for two weeks, but I try to do it every week. But need, want, or use, and she said yeah. if it if it uh, is all three of those, then you get rid of it. Like If, if you, it doesn't, yeah, right. yeah, if it's a yeah. note all three. Right. Yeah. But like if you want it, you can keep it, right? It's just if... if you go through, do I need it? No. Do I want it? No. Do I use it? Get rid of it. But do I need it? No. Do I want it? Mm, kind of. Do I use it? No. That's still one, so you get to keep it? Is that the... That's, that was my understanding. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't mean to confuse you. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're back um, with more stuff, and we'll find out what's new at Builder Supply Outlet. That number again, 312-981-7200. I believe it was Gail who called us with some good advice, and I just wanted to answer a text. Uh, Good morning. Loving your show this morning. I don't have a pen. Need, want, use. What was the rest? Gail called in and going through her house after her husband passed away, and her daughter-in-law said, here's what you need to do. You have to go, do you need it? Do you want it? Do you use it? If it's no to all three of those, you toss, you donate, or you sell. Yes. That's what she said. So uh, that texter, uh, 847, um, need, want, and use, and then toss, donate, and sell is the rest of it. Um, We are going to talk to Katie right now on line two. She has called us 312-981-7200. In the studio with me today, Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone. Good morning, Katie. Hi. I think you mean Kathy, but whatever. Okay, no, correct me. It's Kathy. Um, first of all, Wendy, I don't know why you're not on more often. You're so genuine. Just love you to death. I really do. And I listen to WGN all the time. Um, but here's, here's a little weird question. I have a new (laughs) product invention and I am trying to find out, you know, those old fashioned wooden rulers that, um, you lift up part of it and it kind of like stays Yes. I can't find out what that hinge is. I've been to all the big box. I've been looking for associations. I've tried calling Milwaukee Tool. They don't respond to me. I hear that they're called 
embedded rivets or something like that. The hinge and, in the ruler you're talking about? All right. These are these old rulers that you will see at um, yes. resale shops now where people actually fold them into, it looks like a star, and you can hang them on your wall. It's these old rulers. No, Is no, that what no. you're talking they, about? It doesn't go into a star. It's that old-fashioned one that your grandfather used that you you lift the wooden and it stays straight up by itself. It doesn't fall down and then it's an accordion kind. Hmm. I'm having I'm a hard stuck. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, I was thinking of a Lufkin makes it. Milwaukee of. Tool makes I know you guys know what it is. I wish I could show you a picture. I got. I bought one at Menards. It's that new in, in oh, the yeah, tool yeah, yeah. section. Okay. So they and make. So what's your, what's yeah. The so they question, make some, like a lot of masons use, and I have one yeah. also. Um, yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's a, um, I think we usually call it like a measuring stick right, as opposed stick, to a yeah. tape measure. Um, okay. Yeah, and it folds into like eight-inch-long pieces, and it kind of closes in on itself, right? You can open it up to yeah. measure 6 inches or 12 right. inches. Right. Now, the the hinge or whatever you call that thing, Yes. what is it? Where do I get it? Boy, <laughs> I have no clue. I've never paid attention. Uh, just a tiny hinge. That's what you're looking right. at, although it's it's not... But it has a groove in it. Is that specifically kind of yes. what you're looking for, the, uh, the notch well, so that it kind of stays in the... Well, the thing that is so perfect for my invention is yeah. when you lift, like, the first, first piece of uh, the 8-inch stick, mm-hmm. it stays straight up. It will not move. Right, it locks But it's in. easy to handle. This yeah. is a senior thing. Okay. And it goes up and down so easily, but it stays. It yeah. stays right right up there. And you're looking for who makes Something that Something that would hinge? do that or this kind of hinge. Got it. I've even been to that rock, Rockler place. Mm-hmm, Rockler, yeah. They can't help me. Hmm. <laughs> so is it a spring-loaded hinge? That's what you want, right? It is definitely a rivet. It's not necessarily like a hinge. Like you're probably thinking of oh, like a door a hinge. It's not like okay. that. Of course, it's okay. you know, it's definitely. What's your invention, it's... though? I know that's. I'm curious. Uh, yeah, obviously, you don't want to. Don't want to give it yeah. up. Yeah, because it it's something for seniors that um, I, I don't want to give it up. Uh, that you put it in place, and then to take it out, you just pull this piece of wood that is so easy on the hands, and it doesn't have a spring where it's so tight. Hmm. Um, I mean, what these are in here is just so perfect for it, and so I didn't know they are called rivets. Is that right? Well, it's definitely a rivet that holds it together. Um, where they okay. where each one comes together, I just I, what I don't know is you know how that rivet interacts with the hinge. Yeah, Does the rivet either. form the hinge? Mike's got one pulled up here on his phone, and it's like brass. It's a folding ruler, yeah, right? Is that what ruler, this is? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and excuse me, but Kathy, they do have them shaped in star forms because if you right, open you can, it up, it, it makes a triangle. You so can, they you just can do that with yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, it's very crafty. So add that yeah. to your invention too. <laughs> Is there a um, an association you call that knows about all these things, like a hinge association? The Hinge Factory. <laughs> I, yeah, I've tried calling random places. <laughs> I mean, what would you guys do if you wanted to put this in something? All right, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a- Phrase it to the experts. How would you yeah, get your hands on it? That's a great way yeah, of putting yeah. it. Well, if, <laughs> I, 
I don't know for sure, but I mean, my thinking is why wouldn't one just go buy a ruler and take the hinge off of it if you're trying to model an invention? Oh, as I can opposed take to, it out of here? Yeah, as opposed to trying to find one to purchase. Like, yeah, right? I would take it apart all day long. so you can yeah. see what it looks like. Yeah, and then you can put your invention together, and then good luck of who you bring it to. But then they yeah, can right. then they can manufacture it as right. you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're just trying, trying to come to up do. with the model, the prototype. Yeah, pro- yeah, prototype. Right. Exactly. Right, 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 right. Okay, that's, that's a great idea. Oh, thank you. Um, um, yeah, I will definitely try that. I have, um, yeah, okay, and and it, it, the the reason I don't tell you is <laughs> so somebody could very easily duplicate this and right. there's a that what i've learned is the first to market is always the winner yeah no oh, good for it. you so, keep that to yourself i'm telling you right yeah. now you Kathy, got me really curious I, I invented the combos you know those little pretzel things with the cheese inside i have been dipping yeah. pretzels in cheese forever and i thought wouldn't it be great to have cheese inside a pretzel but i never moved forward with it and yeah. now whoever invented combos is a millionaire yes i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> wendy <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll be looking for you. I'm so excited to someday see this wooden spring hinged thing for senior citizens. If it works, I will let you know. All right. Maybe it'll be on Noodaloo too. Who knows? Yeah. Good luck. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Kathy. Good luck to you. Bye bye. That's really smart of her to not say things because uh, you know there's somebody going to be. I had some invention that I brought up on the air, and I forgot it, and God knows if somebody even invented it, so who knows. Um, All right, let's talk to Karen on line three really quickly before our break. Hi, Karen, we were talking about recycling TVs. You have some information for us? Yes, I do, Wendy. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I I have a brochure, and I've brought my um, old TVs, well, old TV there, for free, it's a permanent recycling location in the northwest suburbs. It's called S as in Sam, W A N C as in cat, C as in cat, and it's um, just across from Maryville Academy, eleven fifty one North River Road. It's called the Glenview Transfer Station, and every Saturday morning from nine to eleven thirty. They accept old TVs, electronics, cell phones, printers. Um, It's great because it's free. (laughs) So all you have to do is bring it there. Okay, and it's S-W-A-N-C-C, correct? Correct. It stands for the Solid Waste Agency of Northern Cook County. Ah, thank you. And I've got their brochure here. That I try to keep brochures when I find these places so that when I need to recycle things, they know where to go. Yeah. They have other locations, too. But um, yeah. that one, every Saturday morning from 9 to 1130, um, you can just drive through and bring your it's DVDs, faxes, um, printers, scanners. VHS players, video game consoles. Awesome. And there's they a just website. Pick it up. You just drive your car in and microwaves and cool. they take it out. God, thank you wow, so much great. for this information, Karen. It's I'm just going to do it the special way. Swank, S W A N C C, the Solid Waste Agency of Northern Cook County, swank.org. Uh-huh. 
Is it for Cook yes, County yes. residents? And I just have a quick question for myself. Yeah. I have three master's degrees, and I have saved um, materials from all of these classes that I've taken, and I cannot find a location, somebody, a library, a school that would value this information and want to take it back. So that's my issue. I mean, I could just recycle it, throw it out, but, but it's it could so be hard used. after yeah. some time. So that's that's what I'm looking to find a new home for. Take Karen's number. Uh, hang on one second. Get Karen's number, and if we find out some information, because I, I see where she's coming from on that. That's information that could be... You know, somebody could use it. Maybe half price books. I don't know. All right. Get her number and we'll try and come up with an answer. And news time right now on 720 WGN. 312 981 7200. With me this week, Jim Sullivan, Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises from Hinsdale, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone in Westmont. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for coming in, by the way. Yeah, oh, no, you're welcome. Yeah, it's good to be here. I need some professionals. I just kind of, you know, fake it till I make it. That's what they say. And Marcy has been on hold for a very long time. So let's see if we can help Marcy this morning. Good morning, Marcy. Good morning, Wendy. I miss hearing you Aww. every day. Well, thank <laughs> you. Just, you, and, you and Bill are like the comments you guys would make. I feel like it's my siblings. Oh. <laughs> we need you back full time. Well, thank anyway, you. You have a welcome. question? I do. I have an old house, not quite as old as Wendy's, but we have radiator heat in the majority of the house. Um, and the front of the first floor and then the second and third floor all have radiator heat. The back of the first floor has forced air. I can set my radiator heat, the thermostats on the first floor, at 68 degrees, and I will go up to the second floor, and it will be 77. Hmm. It's like living in Alaska and Arizona at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Going up in the mountains? (laughs) What what is upstairs? The radiators are upstairs? No, there's radiators in the front of the house in the living room and dining room, and then Beyond that is the kitchen and um, an addition family room that has forced heat air. And then all the second floor and the third floor all have radiator. But it's insane. It's like I'll be freezing down here, and then I go upstairs, and it's like, is the pool open? (laughs) (laughs) Well, all I'm going to say is I know, obviously, heat rises. And um, last time I was filling in for Lou, and I was here with Jim, um, it, we were putting some space heaters in the basement, um, in a laundry room, an unfinished laundry room. It's, it's like, it's just freezing there. Um, so mm-hmm. we have a plug-in radiator heater. And then I, I was always having hot flashes upstairs, but the downstairs was cold. So I know, duh, why didn't I think of it 10 years ago? But I just closed all the vents upstairs and it really has made a difference. But in Marcy's case, what can you turn off radiator? What? How does that work? I was wondering. Yep. Can yep. you like make the radiators not totally off, but at least like close them partway so mm-hmm. it doesn't get too hot? Yeah, you can uh, throttle them down. They call it, you know, so you're kind of closing down some of the water supply to there. The other thing is, um, what's nice about hot water heat is that um, you can add multiple zones to it, and so that may be an option for you. 
you, you can try turning it down. I mean, you, you probably would want to, do you have a good HVAC contractor that comes and services your boiler from time to time? Yeah. Yeah. So I would talk to them about maybe trying to uh, close down some of the water that's going to the second and third floor, because my guess is, is what you're probably experiencing is, of course, heat rises. You've, I'm sure you've heard that right, term. And so your thermostat's probably on the first floor. And so it's probably calling for heat on the first floor all the time, but most of that heat is going up. Uh, up to the second and third floor because the heat rises. But, yeah, because the radiators on the second floor are, like, boiling. Yeah. But the other thing that can be done, too, and, again, your HAC guy can kind of talk you through some of this, is that you can add thermostats to other areas of the house so you have a little more control in each one of those spaces. And what that would require is another pump to pump water separately as opposed to one big pump that pumps water to all the radiators. They can put a second pump in that goes to the second floor or a third pump in that goes to the third floor. And then each one of those can have their own thermostat so that you know where, wherever you have it set to is actually controlling the temperature in that space. Does that make sense? That makes, yes, it does make sense. <laughs> it's something I will check into, and I'll have to decide, is it more economical to do that or to, you know, just... Uh, I would start with having them, yeah, I would start by having them make some adjustments to your system. It's possible some air in the system, maybe on the first floor. Is the thermostat on the first floor? It is. Yeah, so that's what the boiler is picking up whatever temperature is where the thermostat is. They're not smart enough to know all levels of the house. So well, I need to get a smart boiler then. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck to you, Marcy. Uh, again. Thank you. I appreciate the ideas very much because well, it's driving me crazy. Yeah. Well, hopefully summer will be here soon and you don't have to worry about it until next year. Then it'll be the opposite. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Wendy, you are the best. I just... Love you. You're awesome. I love listening to you. Right back at you. Thank you, Marcy. All Appreciate right. you it. You bet. All right. And let's very quickly talk to Debbie. I don't know if you remember a little while ago, but Kathy called us up and she had this invention um, using a folding ruler and she needed to find out where to get hinges because she had this idea for senior citizens. And we she, she wasn't really clear about what it was because she doesn't want anyone to steal her idea. But she was wondering where to get these rivets or these hinges. And Debbie, uh, you are here to help. I hope Kathy is still listening. Yes, I am. Um, I am thinking that she could get them at a craft store, a major craft store, anyone that does scrapbooking or jewelry making, those little indented rivets. They have a, some kind of a clamp that you apply them with, too, that you get there. I'm, I'm talking about like Hobby Lobby or right. Michael's, something like that, or possibly a, a drapery shop, but those would be huge. Yeah, those might be too big. It's worth definitely yeah, it trying yeah. uh, Michael's, uh, I don't know if Joanne Fabric. And am I the only one that still calls it Joanne Fabric? I think it's just Joanne no, now. No, Joanne Fabric, <laughs> yeah. That, I think she would She would um, find what she's looking for there. All right. Well, you are awesome, Debbie. Uh, you know, someday you're going to hear what this invention is, and, and you're going to think, I'm looking, I have... <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Super. Have a great weekend, Debbie. Appreciate it.
You too. All right. We are going to take a quick break. See, I love this. This is all about House Smarts Radio. This is all about WGN Radio. We're all helping one another here on 720 WGN. Are you ready for a couple of phone calls? Yeah. I'm ready. Uh, all right. Let's talk to uh, line one. Sharon is calling from Wheeling this morning. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. A question I have is we live in a townhouse community, and two doors down an end unit, a pipe burst, and uh, a remediation company came in and gutted basically the whole thing. Mm. Do we have to worry about mold, or do we have to have the air tested in ours since we're all connected? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, I wouldn't expect that you would have any issues with mold or anything. I mean... There's um you again depending on the age of your place there's there's solid dividers in between the units mostly for fire um but they would also keep out any water from flowing underneath or these kinds of things um so I wouldn't worry I wouldn't worry too much about that you don't share the same air conditioning I assume or heating or any of that Correct. kind of stuff that you would get some you know cross contamination that way so I I I wouldn't be too concerned about that Okay, very good. Thank you. Yep. Good luck to you. And also, if the remediation company was in cleaning, you know, yeah, they would probably check. Yeah, you know, people worry, especially with water, of course, with mold, because obviously it doesn't show up right away. It takes time. Um, But yeah, to your point, you know, to get someone in there and get it clean and dry and all that kind of stuff is, you know, is, is important. But I wouldn't expect it to go from unit to unit. Right. We have some texters, uh, the radiator woman who phoned in, um, 262 says, just turn off some of those upstairs radiators. I had the same mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the only reason I wasn't recommending her doing it is because, again, it's one of the challenges with radio is I can't see it. Right. And I don't want any, you don't want to find yourself breaking one of those that, you know, I think this is it. And you start turning, oh, it won't turn. Let me put a tool right. on this and try and force it. If it breaks, you'll have some. You'll have worse trouble Major on your hands issue. than uh, too hot upstairs. Absolutely. Right. Um, we were talking about Swank as well, yep. uh, and it's only for certain suburbs. So definitely check the website s w a n c c dot org. You can check the website and call just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Check your village website as well for garbage and recycling. Yes, and then um, Karen was calling in about uh, she had some um, literature or study materials. She had a couple of uh, bachelor's degrees, I masters. believe, masters. and masters. masters. Yes, yes, yes. And she d- just didn't want to get rid of her materials. Uh, someone said to try a place called Scarce, S-C-A-R-C-E, in Addison for education materials. Someone has also suggested uh, checking in with a library, although I believe she said she did. Uh, but a library may want a donation. And educational books, uh, among other things, are wanted by Books for Cause in Skokie. This from 773. They take all sorts of things and redistribute them. Um, uh, buh, 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 buh. They have a 24-7 donation center with an open vestibule where you can leave your books, CDs, videos, textbooks, and they have a free bookstore in Avondale, too. So that mm. is books, the number four cause, books for cause in Skokie. Nice. 
I know. Just to help everyone yeah. out, that's what we're trying to do today. Uh, we have Terry on the line, line three, who are, are you calling from Dallas? Yes, I am. Well, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Terry. Thank you. Dallas, Illinois? No, Dallas, Texas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, you Well, we had an El Paso. Yeah, Didn't we have right. an El Paso? Yeah, we did. I guess you yeah. baffled me on that one. All right. So Terry's calling. Well, I lived up there for 20, well, 35 years, actually. So I'm, But I can't quit listening. No, that's oh, great. We love it. Well, you can take okay. the girl out of Chicago, but not WGN out of the girl. Right? Yeah. I guess that well, makes exactly. sense. All right. So what, got, is, what is your question so today? Anyway. I recently had a bath remodel done, and my vanity has an engineered stone top with a square edge, and the fellow who installed my shower doors must have dropped something against the square edge of that vanity top and made a couple of nicks in it on the front top edge. And he tried to cover it up by sanding, which didn't work. So I'm looking to see if anyone has any advice on what I can do to improve the looks of those. They're about a half inch long each overall, um, and they're not terribly deep, but I know they're there, yeah. and it bothers so, me that my brand new bathroom uh, isn't brand new already. <laughs> well, good news, Terry. It can be fixed, um, but you okay. would want to call a countertop contractor like the to be sanding it, it needs to be done with certain pads and water. And if it can't be sanded, if it's too big, there is um, adhesive that could be put in there and colored to look like the top. Not that it would 100% mm-hmm. disappear, but it would be smooth and look better than the chips. It, there's no chance that you have any of the pieces that chipped out of the top, do you? No, I wasn't here when it okay. happened. And actually, they're very, I mean, they were probably the size of a grain of rice. They're, they're oh, not large. So that's something like a professional uh, countertop guy could fix and pretty much make it, I don't want to say disappear. You'll always see it, but probably anyone else walking in the room would never notice it. Okay. Honestly, I'm not sure that anyone else notices it now. Oh, then it'll definitely <laughs> go away. me. <laughs> Yeah, but that would drive me nuts. Yes, you me know? too. I, I, I get you on that one. It can be fixed in, in just a pretty quick trip of in and out, probably in an hour. Okay. Well, I will hunt around for a countertop installer then. Of course, that wasn't easy to find in the first place, so. <laughs> right. Well, but Did I guess there's yeah, hope. You need a, you need, yeah, you need a fabricator. Uh, like a, okay. a granite fabricators, because um, there's okay. in granite and marble, there's suppliers and there's fabricators. Right. So you need a guy, you need a company that does the fabrication. Now, did you um, reach out to these people and say what happened, and did they try to compensate you in well, any way? I let my builder know. I mean, because they were still still working, and you know, overall, he did a great job. And any little things that happened along the way, he took care of. But this one. He didn't, because I think he's kind of puzzled, you know, he's probably kind of embarrassed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But honestly, and I was just ready for it to be over. It was two months without this bathroom. Um, I was just ready to move on. So I didn't didn't push him too hard on it. He he did a great job for me otherwise and did extra things. And I'm not going to hold his feet to the fire on it. Right. Yeah. Well, good thing is it's a pretty easy fix once you get a professional in there, a fabricator. It's it's pretty okay. minor. Well, I will start searching. 
Well, good luck to you. What's the weather like Uh in Dallas right now? Well, right now it is sunny and blue skies, and we're supposed to be somewhere in the 50s today. Oh. 70s and 80s the next couple of days. All right. I'm sorry. We have a bad connection because. uh... (laughs) Hey, I put in 35 years of shoveling, so I have earned this. Yeah, we're going to be like upper 40s, definitely 50s tomorrow, so we're not far behind you. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But not 70s. Damn. Right. That sounds nice. It's coming, now. It's coming. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Terry. Good luck. Awesome. Best of luck thank to you. you. Bye, Terry. All righty. Um, I don't know if we have time for one more. Uh, let's go to Steve on line one and see if we can fit this in before the news. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning. Great show. Well, uh, so I uh, we have a problem with a lot of dust in our house. We live in a an established community. Uh, we don't go in and out a lot. Uh, we've got great windows, but we get a lot of dust. I mean, for me, I could live in a dirt house, but my wife, <laughs> when we start writing nasty messages on the furniture, she yeah. says that's too much. We're constantly cleaning. There's got to be some way to minimize the dust. And you guys had some great ideas this morning. I'm wondering if you have anything to help us out on this. Boy, that's an interesting yeah, one. On that uh, one. So, I would, a couple of thoughts. Uh, my first suggestion would be, um, is the dryer vent connected correctly and going well, to the exterior? Yeah. Yes. Now, um, like 20 years ago, I had a dryer fire because the vent was uh, kind of wow. disconnected at the at the screen, at yep. housing. So, the you know, the lint was getting in the bottom of the... Uh, uh, yep. dryer and eventually it built up until okay. it ignited and i okay. was right there so okay so you're, the you're house, thank god so, yeah. so you're on the dryer you know that's venting properly everything is good that way yes okay so then the next suggestion i would have would be to you know invest in a good furnace filter and then i would leave your furnace running all the time on the fan so when you go to the thermostat, you have a choice of auto or on for the fan. Right. Turn it on. And what that will do is it will keep the uh, the actual um, blower on the furnace running all the time, which in theory, or not in theory, but what that actually does is just keeps air moving through the HVAC system and through the filter all the time regardless of whether it's calling for heat or air conditioning. And it like runs... Let's say again. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. And that and that will keep filtering the air as well. Um, it runs at a slower speed, so it's not quite as fast as when it calls for heat or air conditioning. So you will hear a sound change when it, when it actually has heat or air conditioning. But keeping the furnace filter running all the time will help reduce the amount of dust in the house. Yeah, that is a good idea. And just had a quick thought. Um, would it help to put a filter, because we use a pleated filter, you know, number four, mm-hmm. number five. Uh, would it help to put a filter in the return line as a pre-filter to it? You know what? Hold your thought. We'll leave everyone in suspense. Uh, actually, if Steve can hold on, we will continue this after the 9 a.m. news here on 720 WGN. Phone call with Steve. We had to break for news. It's Wendy and for Lou and Jim Sullivan and Mike Samora are here with me today. And Steve, you were talking about a dusty home and maybe some more conversation needs to happen. So Steve is back. 
Uh, Jim, you were talking about, I, I can't remember wherever we left off. Yep, so we talked about leaving the fan running on the furnace. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was step one. Uh, and then Steve had asked about maybe a pre-filter, like at the returns. I don't recommend that uh, because any HVAC, HVAC guy will tell you that you can actually choke the furnace too much if the filter is too too uh too filtering i'm trying to think too of the dense. word too, too dense. dense yeah, yeah. thank you that's a good word um and so the more filters that you would add in the less airflow that you'll have and so i don't recommend doing things like that but a good filter in the uh in the furnace filter area will be just fine do you recommend something more than um, a five I, I was thinking the five gets all the dust and lint out um those pleated filters a five on on the Merv set on the Merv. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an HVAC expert. Like, I don't know if five is the right number. Um, I would go with what you currently have if it's working in terms of the uh, in terms of the filter quality and the density. Okay. Yeah, I I, I like the pleated filters, and the furnace seems to handle it. So yeah, good yeah. ideas. Yep. Sounds good. Good luck. All right, Steve. Hey. Thank you very Thanks, much. Guys. Um. All right. We have another phone call here. Uh, Kim has called us. She's on line two this morning. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You can call us or text us. Kim has chosen to call us. Hi, Kim. Hi. Good morning. How are you today? Great. Thank you. Do you have a question? I do. Um, I have travertine floors. I have them in my kitchen, my bath, and my entranceway. And do they? Do they need to be professionally cleaned, or what product can I use on them? Because um, they're they're really hard to clean. And also, what can I use to fill the the holes in them? So, all right, tell me what travertine floors are, somebody, because I don't know that I know that either. It's a natural stone. Okay, I'm uh, looking at it now. It's just stone tiles, kind right? Of thing. And it is right. a type of soft and, it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a type of marble, right? Okay. It, it's soft and thirsty, and is a little harder to take care of. So you can't clean it yourself. A professional okay. cleaner is going to do a, a better job um, of it. They're going to get in deeper, get it cleaned, um, all the pores opened up again, and then resealed, which would make taking care of it in the future easier. Um, okay, but you could clean it yourself, and then there is some great marble cleaning products out there that you could buy um, and you have to cut them down for daily cleaning or you could keep it to a a maximum strength if you're in a spot right now where it needs like a really good clean. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. And you said it can be professionally cleaned. Can you recommend any professional cleaners? Um, People that do that? I, I don't know anyone specifically i'm sorry to recommend um it's That's not when the something Googler we do comes in right. yeah yeah we, we do just okay. the installation of the tile um so i'm sorry i don't know anyone personally okay but you said there are marble cleaning products out there that i could use there are um stone tech makes it's a sealer we use but they make some great cleaning products too what i like about it is you buy it in concentration and you could mix it to a very strong mix for a once in a while clean, and then you have you know cut it even more for daily cleaning. Okay, okay. So I wonder if I could just Google like people a company that might professionally clean. Yes, it, and that, I know there's a, a, at least a handful of them in, in our neighborhood. Okay. 
I just don't okay, know any does, of them personally. Okay, because it does need to be. I just moved into the house a couple years ago, and I haven't really been able to like clean it, clean clean it well. So I'm sure it needs a, a really good cleaning. Yes, and I've okay. seen the before and afters, and it, you'll be amazed at how how light and bright it gets after the professional cleaning. Okay. All right. Good good luck to you, Kim. Thank you. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. This hour of House Smarts Radio is sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. We're going to take a quick break and get back to your calls at 312-981-7200. Wendy Snyder in for Lou Manfredini today on 720 WGN. All right, Wendy in for Lou today, and I'm joined by Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises in Hinsdale, Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone in Westmont, and uh, let's get a call in from Nashville. Bob is calling us on line three today. Uh, what's it like in Nashville right now? Oh, it's... Um it's pretty nice. It's sunny. It's going up to 65 today, and we're looking forward to um, some 80-degree days towards the end of next week. Uh, we are so mm, jealous over great. here. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hit 50 tomorrow, so we'll uh, we'll take that. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. So, what brings your call in today, Bob? Well, I've got um, in one bathroom. Well, two bathrooms. I've got um, what they call manufactured marble or cultured marble uh, sinks and uh, counters. They're all molded together. And um, one has lost, has been stained by soap over the years. And it's kind of a yellow, pale yellow color, whereas the rest of the... uh, the counter is is um, marbled color. Can I get that yellow color out of there some way? Any suggestions? That might be difficult. Has it penetrated the stone? Are you thinking experts over there well, <laughs> that so I'm the, looking at? The challenge is it's it's a manufactured product, right. so it, which means it's cast. Um, so what he's describing is a countertop with a molded sink all in one. Mm. Um, right. I know exactly what you're talking about, right. and I've heard of them standing before. I've never heard of a solution now of how to get it out. Have you? Me either. No, no, I don't think you can. The gel coats come off, and That's, now it's in. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I don't have a good recommendation for that. I assume you've tried like soft scrub with bleach and like all the kinds of normal household cleaners. Yeah, and I've yeah. tried a poultice. I guess is what you might call it. Right. Um. I've tried I've tried all of those things and it doesn't seem to have much uh, effect. Yeah, I've never heard of anything to get it out of the cultured marble now. Now the gel coats off, it's in there. It's I don't think it's coming yeah. out. Cuz you can't refinish it cuz it's a cultured product. Right. So if you start sanding it or grinding it or or trying to use use sanding pads or whatever, you're going to remove the shine off of it and now you've got a kind of a mess on your hands cuz you're not going to Yeah. Be able to, yeah. So what are Bob's options just to get a new sink, new, a new whole yeah, new thing? Whole new top. Is yeah. it bothering you that much, Bob? Can't you look the other way when you're washing your hands? <laughs> <laughs> well, we um, we uh, put washcloths over it when we have company Aww. and hope they don't move the washcloths around. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Oh, that's it's, too uh, bad. It's not bothering me as much as it's bothering my wife. Yeah. Right. So I I thought at one time maybe sanding it would, but I'm glad uh, I'm glad you mentioned that that would not be a very no, good idea. No, that's going to make it worse. Yeah, that'll, yeah. yeah, not a good idea. Lots of new countertop options, though, for you. Mike does regular quartz, and uh, so (laughs) not in Nashville. Yeah, seventy sounds nice. And again, like you know, Mike, you're not going to want to hear this, but um, you know, people have those press and stick tiles, which you know, Mike is fine with whatever, but he has a tile and stone place. But what about like um, people can use like they paint their countertops or they paint their. uh, counters uh would it work for a sink you know how they have specialized things um yes, I, would I that work know. for bob i mean to at least try it or is he going to be worse off than when he started i think it's going to be worse off yeah. if you are doing oh. that i think you probably need a professional to do it to make sure it sticks and yeah. stays but i don't even yeah. know if that would work or not and probably not in a sink where water is always hitting it right yeah so epoxy paint wouldn't work too well huh so the challenge is you're going to add texture too, unless unless somehow you can spray it uh, and you know get good adhesion and all that right. kind of stuff. But yeah. again, I just I, I would I wouldn't recommend something I wouldn't do myself, and I would not do that if it were my house. Yeah. Although it you know if you have to get a new sink and countertop anyway, I don't know. Is it bad to try it to see how to see if it works? Yeah, it couldn't hurt. Just I mean, nothing if you're, to lose. If, but if you have, you know, Bob, you, you say in your mind, listen, I'm going to have to get a, a new, you know, vanity and a new sink. But let's just try it and see if it works. You know, then you won't be disappointed if it doesn't. Yeah. Well, that I think that's sage advice, um, and I I think I'll try I'll try that and and go from there. Well, good luck All to right, you, Bob, luck, Bob, and enjoy. Uh, go, go, have a, a nice cold beer at a little blues bar in Nashville tonight. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> have a great weekend. You too. Thank you much. That's got to suck. Yeah, that is yeah. one of the nice things though about like natural stone and quartz and that kind of stuff right. is that like stuff like that can be fixed. Right. If it's a natural stone. Right. We, we could resurface it to make it look like new again. Where really? that, That's a man-made product that's poured with a coat put over it, and it can't be restored. Right. It's cultured marble. Yeah. All right. Well, that's too bad. I feel it like is. he's such a nice guy. I want yeah. him to at least try something. But, yeah, I'd, he's going to have to get new stuff, yeah. it appears. He is. Um, all right. Jeannie on line one has called us. Hi, Jeannie. Hi. Did you have a question for today? Yes, um, my son was taught, he lives in a house in Chicago that's over 100 years old. And in the attic, the insulation, which was never really mentioned in the inspection that they had, it's crumbling. And if the house is over 100 years old, I'm thinking that could be asbestos. So I'm just wondering what, you know, what companies in Chicago would be um, reliable to call and check it and replace it. So there's a lot a lot to unpack there. So um, a 100-year-old house with insulation, it could also be, um, I mean, there's 
lots of different types of insulation. The only okay. way to know would be to have it tested, and that's something you can do yourself. You can send it into an environmental company and have it tested to see if there's um, asbestos in it. As f- oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I was reading that it said you're not supposed to touch it, just let it up. When I was looking online, it said to um, not to mess around with it at all, just to have someone who is qualified come in and do that. So that so, was... Yeah, so if uh, so, so, so to be clear, if you're only having it tested, that's something you can take a sample into a bag, you know, and then send it into an environmental company and they can tell you whether it's asbestos or not. I don't okay. know that uh, I don't have the name of the company off the top of my head, but I've done that myself. I'm not suggesting you remove it uh, because that would be a problem. Um, you would want to have a certified asbestos removal team do that. Okay. Um, but as far as testing it goes to know whether or not it's uh, it's asbestos, like I said, that is something you can send in yourself. As oh, okay. far as companies who can come in, remove it, and install new, um, did you say you're in the city? Yeah, this is my son's house. He's in the city, yeah. Yeah. So I'm in the western suburbs, and I, I don't know if my insulation team would go to the city. Um, but There are some, I'm looking up, uh, NED Chicago Asbestos Removal, um, NED Chicago dot com they're in chicago mm-hmm. um if you google it i just found a bunch of them and uh they talk about popcorn ceilings and attic mm-hmm. insulations we had asbestos in our house um it was uh like siding asbestos mm-hmm. siding and we had a remediation uh company come and put on you know the hazmat suits and mm-hmm. rip it down and thankfully it was beautiful original clapboard underneath it mm-hmm. so there are places that mm-hmm. will come and test it yep. um but I, I don't know i'd be scared to touch it quite honestly yeah right and then i also read and this is to my point that I mean in my place out here in the suburbs that it said it can also be in drywall and in the vinyl flooring, the the tiles that have been put down. Mm-hmm. Anything before twenty no, I'm sorry, anything before nineteen eighty. Yes. That that can all have asbestos and when you think about putting holes in the wall to hang pictures and I just thought, wow <laughs> that could be quite a um a chore yeah. to check all of this. But if you have vinyl flooring, like in your kitchen or hallway or anything, any broken pieces, cracked pieces of that, of that vinyl tile could be, you know, letting asbestos coming into your home. My sister just had new flooring put in, in her family room, ground level. And when the guy came uh, and measured and sold her on some stuff, the installer then came in and said, I'm not doing this. This is asbestos. He knew right away. So then she had to get that removed which was a couple hundred dollars, and then the floor guy could come back and do it. So uh, this Northern Environmental Development Incorporated, NEDChicago.com, they're recommended by two-time Angie's List Super Service Award winner, and they talk okay. about testing and all these different things. So you may want to Google that because you're right, Jim. I'm not, I don't know who goes where if it's like suburb or Chicago. Yeah, and, it, and again, the, 
there's a couple of things there, right? If it's not asbestos, then really anyone can handle it, right? An insulation right. company can come in. They have vacuums. They can suck out all the old, you know, insulation, whatever it is. Um, right. Which is why I'm saying have it tested first. Then you oh, yeah. know who you need to that contact to have it removed, right? So if 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 NED uh, Chicago, what does it stand for again? NED. Uh, I it's no. no. I don't know what it stands. Uh, Northern Environmental Development Incorporated. Okay. But okay. just, and you know, Jim's right. You can ask them about testing it as well because they had testing information too. So good luck to you. Great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. We have to do a quick break. It's news time here on 720 WGN. Good morning to you. It's Wendy Snyder sitting in for Lou Manfredini this week for House Smarts Radio. You don't need the toll-free number today. I know that's usually what Lou answers the phone on. Uh, but today we're in the studios. He's off. So 312-981-7200. You can call or text 312-981-7200. I'm joined this week uh, by the experts, the panel of experts, uh, Jim Sullivan, owner of Tate Enterprises, and Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone. Someone has texted us, guys, 630 says, in regards to Bob's yellow sink, that fabricated stone. The cultured uh, marble, yeah. Yeah. Um, someone has suggested, how about trying denture cleaning tablets? <laughs> sounds, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> well, uh, I don't have dentures, um, but I know that there is like, I fix it. No, that's glue. Just the commercials I see, you put your dentures in a bubbling cleaning solution oh. and it cleans your dentures. Your dentures get yellow. What about a yellowed sink? Is mm. it worth trying it? <laughs> I mean, point, I don't think it could hurt it. Right, I, I mean, don't know what harm it could do. Yeah, I just. Uh, my thinking is is that the yellowing that happens in a cultured marble sink is more of a chemical reaction of as opposed to a staining but i i don't know well was, i know that fluorescent light there was like there was a thing about fluorescent lights would yellow them and so my oh, thinking really? of, yeah it was some kind it's more of a chemical reaction than it is a coffee stain all right that's i guess that's a good point um, we have a remodeled bathroom sink issue on line one. Ed has called us this morning. Ed, welcome to House Smarts Radio, line one. Thank you. Uh, as an aside, tell the guy with a yellowed sink to go get super iron out and put it in there. That's the stuff that removes iron stains from uh, water softeners. That'll clean that sink up in no, no time. All right. Well, I hope he's listening in Nashville. <laughs> That was Bob from Nashville. What iron out? Super iron out. It's it's, it's used to clean uh, the resin bed of uh, water softeners. Huh. It's available in all the hardware stores. Works great in toilets too. If you have iron stains in your toilets, you use that. It cleans it right out. Hmm. Uh, my problem is I I remodeled my downstairs bathroom a little over a year ago, and I bought a new vanity, and I went to Builder Supply Outlet and bought a beautiful top for it with a vitreous sink and everything. When I set the uh, vanity, I set it flush against the back wall, and it turns out that the side wall is a shower wall, and I have a gap that starts at 3 sixteenths of an inch in the back and tapers down to, to nothing. And I sh- what I should have done was I should have set the sink flush to the side wall and then used the backsplash that came with the sink to cover up the gap in the back, and nobody would have known any the difference. But 
I didn't. I flushed it to the back, and I have this three sixteenths tapers down to nothing gap along the right side. But I bedded it with silicone, and I do not know how to break uh, the sink loose from the cabinet without breaking everything. Uh, is there is there some secret to how do you remove a uh, a sink that's been bedded with silicone from a wooden cabinet? From a cabinet or the countertop? The ca- well, I, I need to get the countertop sink off of the cabinet so I can s- shift it five or three sixteenths of an inch and set it back down again. Hmm. So the sinks to the countertop are usually siliconed in, so it's just going to take quite a bit of cutting around the inside edge where the porcelain sink is joined up to the underneath of the countertop um, yeah, but I, I can only get at the left edge and the front edge the the right edge and the back are, are flushed up against walls from the oh, inside gotcha. you can't like from the sink from are you talking about from underneath or from the top from underneath it's a it's yeah. a it's a uh, underhung sink yeah but from the top you can get a, all the way uh, around it can't you Pardon? From the top, you can get all the way around, can't you, from the inside? No. No, the sink gets in the way and the plumbing in the back. I I guess if I remove the whole... Right, you probably have to take the whole top off then to get well, to the I sink. mean, I have to remove the whole vanity and pull it out so I can get at all, all the edges. But what do I cut in there with? Uh, I was thinking about, you know, making a small drill and maybe try to... Use a piece of stainless steel wire to cut through the silicon. I've, I've usually, <laughs> yeah. Usually, what we do, like if we're trying to separate a sink from a counter, again, I, I'm trying to visualize what you're talking about. And I have one question I have is, can you not just go to Builder Supply Outlet and ask them for a side splash and be done? Uh, I don't know if they would match it now. Uh, so that would be my first recommendation. Tell you know, tell them what you bought, tell them what you have, and ask them if you can just add a side splash because you use the backsplash for yeah. the backsplash, which is normal. And because you're touching a wall, you would also like a side splash. Right. And is that yeah, possible? And it, the previous sink that I replaced had a side splash, yeah. and that's and that's what uh, you know covered up that gap. But yeah. So I would try that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I would try that first. If they can't do that, you could try taking a picture of it, bringing it to a fabricator like right. a Gebauer, and ask them if they can make a side splash for you that matches or is pretty close. If you really are trying to remove that sink, though, you know what we again what we would do is we would be cutting the silicone, cutting the silicone, cutting the silicone, and then as we're cutting. We're driving in shims right. to create some space to be able to keep working your knife around those edges. Right, so you're cutting, cutting it with a razor knife. Cut it with a knife. We're cutting with a razor knife, and then we're driving some wood shims in. So not not a ton. We're not forcing it open with a with a wood shim. We're just yeah, creating no, I, some space. Yeah, we're just creating some space so we can keep working our knife around all the way around it. Uh, right, okay, there is always no. a chance of. Breaking the sink or the countertop and doing this too—it yeah. can happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. That's why I was trying to get, hoping that you guys experts had some. Yeah, so the magic side splash. Do this. The yeah, other, the side splash sounds like the, right. Or the other thing could I think you might be able to do if you're talking about a three sixteenths gap is 
cut the drywall where you push it into the wall, the countertop, until you're flush to get rid of that three sixteenths. Yeah, but I, I, you know, like I say, I've I've flushed it against the back wall, the the, the cabinet, and the the sink top is flushed against there. I I don't know if I can rotate. Rotate it. Uh, not rotate it. Actually, sink it in the wall. I, yeah, but I can't move it now. It's, oh. it's, it's you know silicone to the top of the cabinet. Oh, you know, you'd have to cut all the silicone and loosen it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I want. I want to be able to cut all the silicone, remove, pick the sink up, flush that three that three sixteenth gap out, and cover it with the backsplash. That's what I want to do. So I have to remove the sink yeah. and the backsplash. To get to get them all loose, so I can reposition them. Got it. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know what the answer is. To a lot this. Of, yeah, it's just it's a lot of elbow grease. I mean, it, and, it and, is and, a little yeah, at a time. Yeah, just constant yeah, pressure. So maybe I just ought to quit looking at it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's the spirit. There you go. <laughs> well, Ed, thank you so much. I'm sorry it's troubling you. <laughs> it's like your clutter okay i'll, I'll live with it <laughs> no i'm getting rid of my clutter so get in there oh, and fix I'm it <laughs> thank you ed have a great weekend bye now all right it is hard to envision i was not 100 yeah, percent sure what he was yeah i think if he can get a side splash that just right. cover it up like, like it was right. before yeah. and all if right. the sink is that close you probably a side splash mm-hmm. anyway to right. protect the wall from the water Right. I think he should go with that. It seems like the easiest way. Yeah. Uh, all right, 945 in the morning. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then, oh, David Hochberg is coming up. Uh, he's going to be on our show because he's on a mission doing a great thing. We'll talk to him before we get out of here at 10 at 720 WGN. Good morning. How are you? Um, what can we help you with? Great. Um, it's sink crazing. So... My kids are all in Chicago, so that's why I, I'm calling from where I am and always listen to you guys. But it's sink crazing. And you were just talking to the previous caller about removing his undermount in his bathroom, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so this is in the kitchen. And what the inspector said is that the sink is sink crazing. Like it's... Sink uh, crazing? What am I missing here? Crazing? I think it's... Cra- like crazy in the head? Cra- crazing. Yep, and it looks like it's, like, pocked away, and he said eventually um, you'll have linking, uh, leaking. It'll just, like, like disintegrating. I'm assuming it's and cast iron. But... What kind of sink yeah. is it? It's cast iron that the glazing is crackling. Correct. Yep, oh, that's got it. it. Got it. Mm-hmm. And what's the, I'm um, sorry, what's and... the question? Can it be replaced? Well, it's undermounted, so it all goes into the previous, caller's question and it's a big long granite <laughs> top. Mm-hmm. so that's going to be a hassle to well, no it can be done um it can yeah. but the trick is you have to get the exact same size sink to fit that opening i see yeah all right but it can't okay. be taken out we've and, done it yeah well, we have done yeah it. we've done it i mean it yeah it's hard though it takes a lot of research to find the exact same size sink Right, that's the hard part. Yeah. Well, look for that. So measure. Yeah, measure it. Measuring is all done underneath. And uh, right, no, or... it's the opening on top that you need to fit. The opening that's cut in the okay. countertop. Ideally, you would and get he, the same sink. Yeah. And and now you know it fits. 
I see. It, so it, find that brand, whatever brand it is, get the measurement, and then go on the hunt? Correct. Mm-hmm. It's possible, okay. yeah. You're going to be Googling for a while, I have a feeling, Kelly. You yeah. <laughs> well, you guys enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Yep. All right. I have had a blast filling in for Lou Manfredini today, House Smarts Radio. And then Home Sweet Home Chicago is coming up next. And that is hosted by the ever-charming David Hochberg. You see <laughs> the difference between our show you. and your show here, and Lou's show? <laughs> I would have recommended that that... Lady seller house. I mean, that would have yeah. been my recommendation. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's always you know when one of my experts have no answer to a question, you know, you, you just sell the house and let the new buyer deal with it. I mean, that's that's where we handle it. That's why we love you, David. <laughs> just buy right. another house with a good sink. You're right. fine. <laughs> Don't worry about getting it reglazed. You're fine. You get lots of new sinks. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Just sell your house. You're fine. You are doing a great thing. You have a Vestathon going on. Please tell us how we can help. Second annual Vestathon. Lua had us on last year to uh, plug what uh, is coming up next. We have we have teamed up with the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation, which is an unbelievable organization that a lot of our listeners have no idea about. It's an organization that supports uh, families of fallen police officers and police officers that were injured in the line of duty. They also supply replacement bulletproof vests to the officers who can't afford to buy bulletproof vests. And they're expensive. Mm. And they're at least 500 I just found out they're $550. Last year they were 500 of course, with inflation they went up, so it's now $550. And what we're doing is we're bringing awareness and raising funds so the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation, who has a line item in their budget of $550,000 to buy a thousand bulletproof vests, which I find just absolutely astronomically wrong in so many different ways. And whenever, as you know, Wendy, when I find something wrong, I don't avoid it. I attack it. So I would much rather, and I don't even live in Chicago, right? I live in Northbrook. But when I come to Chicago, the Chicago Police Department protects me when right. I cross into Chicago. And when the Edens turns into the Kennedy, I'm in Chicago. And those Here are it's the, coming. They're coming. The, the so blood is boiling. It right. just, it's moving it, up there. It just upsets me. I'm doing my Kegel exercises that you taught me uh, at a different station. It's still effective. Thank you for that uh, tutorial. And and the bottom line is this. We've got the bagpipe guys that just came in. Oh, excellent. They're gonna take, I heard them from downstairs. They're going to take us in and out of the break. Yeah, I know. They they're just set up. Loud. They just set up in the lobby and started blowing their horns. Yeah. Or, you know, started bagpiping. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, where the hell are they? They're practicing downstairs. Like, why don't they come upstairs? So they're here. They're going to take us in and out of the break. The Emerald Society. We have uh, three, four police officers. Uh, three police officers who were shot in the line of duty who are still with us. Mm-hmm talk about their experience and how the vest saved their life and how the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation supported them and their families while they were out of work. And um, we just have a, we, we have Chicago sports celebrities, icons, Chris Chelios, Dennis Savard, Troy Murray, um, Eddie Olchek, and Dan Hampton have signed sweaters and jerseys that we're going to be using to raise funds. For the best of them. We raised $250,000 last year. We're also, Great job. We're, we're also promoting the Pancake Breakfast down at the South Side uh, in Alderman O'Shea's district. He's running for office, so we can't have him on this year because two knuckleheads are running against him. and We're going to get squashed, but that's a whole other story for another day. So um, long story short, 
We've too got, late. I know, I know. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, if, 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 you, if you would like to, uh, it's a completely different show than what we usually do. It's just me in there with all of the police officers and all the men and women. We have a special. We brought on Barstool Sports, Barstool Sports Bar. We have Chief and White Sox Dave, who are two of the personalities. They have agreed to, and Barstool Organization, they have a bar in River North. Uh, they're going to be donating 50% of whatever they take in of their beverages and their food menu, oh, specially nice. set up for the entire day and evening. So a lot of our listeners won't don't know what Barstool is, but your kids and, and, and nieces and nephews do. Um, uh, White Sox Dave, who's a huge personality over there, is going to be calling in at the bottom of every hour, giving us updates. He's going to call in 1030 to tell us what type of specials there are. So that's huge, that whole new audience you know, that's what I'm just trying to do. Just bring awareness to different segments to be like, hey, when you see a cop, say thank you, right? When you drive down Michigan Avenue, when you come in from Palatine or Plano or or Rockton or Rockford or or down in down in uh, in, in in Chesterton or you know wherever the hell you're listening, when you come downtown, you drive down Michigan Avenue and you see the police squad cars on Michigan Avenues and the medians with their lights on, they're there to protect you while you're shopping up and down Michigan Avenue. And we and everybody appreciates that you're coming down, you're spending your money, investing, and having a good time. But they're your police officers when you cross into the 606 zip code, and that's what it's all about. So and so, people listening, can they donate? Yes, you could. You could go to uh, WGN Vest. Dot com. It's a website. There's a text number that I have in the other studio and a phone number that I have in the other studio well, as well. We'll be listening. That I'll be I'll be I'll be promoting it. But you could go to wgnvest.com. It'll be great, and uh, we appreciate all the support. We've got a, a ton of giveaways coming up to help raise funds. So thank you for giving the opportunity. Thank you, absolutely. To Luke. And Thanks thank you guys for letting me come in and uh, share some of your airtime here. All right, now zip it. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, Home Sweet Home Chicago, uh, a special episode coming up next with David Hochberg. Uh, gentlemen, Jim Sullivan, Mike Samora. Jim, tell me uh, how people can reach you at Tate Enterprises and your elevator pitch, what you do over at Tate. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, small remodeling company, western suburbs, Hinsdale area, kitchens, bathrooms, basements, all that good stuff. And um, tateent.com, T-A-T-E-E-N-T.com is our website. And uh, 630-294-0976, you can reach us by phone. Mike Samora, owner of Gebauer Tile and Stone. This was your very first appearance on the radio with us, and yes. you did a great job. Was well, thank it fun? You, yes, very fun. Thank you. You started out being a little nervous. Did yes, you get a little comfortable? Much more comfortable. <laughs> All right, good. Now, a brief summary of what you do over at Gebauer Tile and Stone, and how can people reach you? Okay, so we do. Thanks, David. Bye, David. We do tile and countertops, marble granite quartz countertops, and then we do tile. Um, in bathrooms, kitchens, backsplashes, fireplaces, mostly residential, and we could be reached at the office number is six three zero seven two four zero three seven six. All right, uh, and someone had a suggestion for removing caulk. Use a heat gun or hair dryer to soften the caulk, then scrape carefully with your razor knife. It may take a while. Does that seem like a good way to do it? It does soften it up, yeah. Yeah, it's, it you know, it, it uh, you'll go through more razor blades, right. let's put it that way, because now you're turning shut. it into gum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. And then um, someone said, I'm sorry, but the term crazing came up and we all looked at each other like, what? What does right. that mean? Someone claims that crazing is tiny lines, fractures in the finish. 
I never heard it called that, but I certainly understand a cast iron right. sink and what could happen to that. So that's what crazing is. Right. We didn't seem to know. I think it was crackled. They have tile that has what they call a crackled finish to look old and yes, yeah. so yes, it's crazed. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming to hang out with me. I think I think we did a good job today. Yeah, good yeah, job. Wendy. You, it's Wendy. good to see you again. All right, perfect. Uh, Lou Manfredini will be back next week for House Smarts Radio. And uh, thank you to everyone helping out today. Uh, Jim Sullivan, Mike Samora, thank you so much. And Home Sweet Home Chicago is coming up next with David Hochberg here on 720 WGN.